0: Hey, what's up everybody? Happy Tuesday night. It's Game Face episode 28 right here on Sifted. I'm Shane Satterfield. I'm Matt Kyle. And we are here today to deliver to you the best of the week in video games. It's been a pretty good week for Sifted. Obviously the big debut of Pactor Factor went off this weekend without a hitch. Well, maybe a little hitch didn't quite go up at noon Briefly. like it was supposed to. Nobody, nobody saw that. Yeah. <laughs> no people saw it. <laughs> like, it's hilarious, dude. Like it went up and like it literally was up for I think a minute. And I found an audio issue in it, like right off the top, and I was like, Oh crap. Like I have to like fix the audio and there's a whole process that goes on. Like you have to like re render it in the editing mm-hmm. program, and then it has to go and get compressed, and then it has to get uploaded through the FTP, and then it has to have been brought into the admin. It's this crazy, like that you have to do just to replace a video in that minute like five or six people found it and like one guy had watched it to like the second topic before i like got it (laughs) off the servers impressive sifters impressive stuff so i did get it back up like an hour and a half later that's how long it takes just to do that whole process but after that i think it all went well i think everyone liked the show i think everyone was surprised how long the show was yeah it's not going to be that long going forward you guys aren't remembering like he he kind of introed like who he was in this episode and then he kind of explained like the whole genesis of hello babies like that took up like five or six minutes or something like that so most episodes are going to be anywhere from like 12 to 15 they're not going to be around 20 going forward but uh overall really happy with the reception everyone seems to be happy that pac is back um he seems to be happy that he's back i think he's excited that he's back to the show again which is great so Thank you to everybody who went on social media and uh, retweeted, and uh, same thing on Facebook, anyone who shared it, I really appreciate it. It's a big deal. Stuff like that makes a big difference in the modern Internet environment. So thank you very much, and please keep doing it. Um, There's still a ton of people out there. There are millions of people that don't know PAC is doing a new show still. So when you see us post the links for that stuff, make sure that you send them out to all your followers and all your friends, and uh, we will greatly appreciate it. I have another announcement coming up. This week we are going to launch a new feature on Sifted called Gifted and uh, what Gifted is, is it's a way for you to give people subscriptions to Sifted or if you want to request a subscription to Sifted you can do that as well so it's a really cool interface Uh, basically you can go and you can just buy a subscription and then you can put in someone's email address and send that subscription to them as a gift for the holidays Um, Likewise if you're a trial user or you're a basic user and you would like to become a premium user, you can go into that same interface, you can put in as many email addresses as you want, and you can basically send that out to everybody who buys you stuff for the holidays and they can buy you a uh, gift certificate for Sifted. So it's something we've wanted to do for a long time. We're finally getting around to it. Kind of had to crack the whip with the holidays here and get Brent on it, but it is almost done. In fact, I think it is pretty much done at this point. It's launching before the end of the week. I think you should call them gift certificates. (laughs) Well, we spell it G-I-F-T-D, just like sifted. So, yeah. So you'll be seeing that rolling out before the end of the week. And then on last week's show, we talked about the forums. Uh, So what happened was after we did the show, I went back and started actually looking at the forums. There was a bunch of stuff that we needed to fix before it really got into your hands. Uh, But the other part of it, too, is that The response to it was so positive from all of our premium subscribers that we're just going to open it up to all premium subscribers. So the basic kids will not be able to get to the forums early, but anyone who is a premium subscriber will be able to get into the forums probably tomorrow. There will be a big promotional image on the homepage to let you know they're there. Um, They're looking real good. They're looking unlike any other forum you've ever seen. We have hand custom built these things from the ground up. This is all our own code. Uh, none of that V-bullet and stuff that you see all over the internet. Um, it does a really good job of featuring people who are premium subscribers to give you a little bit of clout on the site. If you guys have went and spent the thirty bucks to become premium, I think everyone is going to love them. So just to want a couple final tweaks. We don't want to make them perfect before you guys get your hands on them because uh, we want to help have you guys kind of help create sort of the final form of our forums. So that is coming up, and we're really excited about that. Um, Lots of big game evals coming up in the next week. The games are just flowing out. I have Fallout 4 sitting at home right now. I have not even cracked it. It's driving me crazy, Matt. What are you doing here? Oh, I'm playing Rise of the Tomb Raider right now. I'm trying (laughs) to get through it. And it's like, the thing is, the embargo for both of those games are up on the same day. (laughs) But the good news was, I got Rise of the Tomb Raider, like, way before Fallout. So I've been playing it for a while. I'm coming down the home stretch. We're going to talk about that game on Mm. the show today.
1: Which category of the game eval does not Fallout 4 knock it down for.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, it it is hard. Like, I go to sit down to play Rise of the Tomb Raider and there's Fallout sitting right there, right next to my Xbox One. And I'm like, man, I want to play it so bad. So, and there are all those video leaks that came out this week. Yeah. Did you
1: watch any of that stuff? I watched some of it, but I didn't want to... Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big anti-spoiler
0: person, but I'm just like, well, I don't need to watch someone else play something I'm gonna play in like six in, days, right, a handful of days. Yeah. So. So anyway, lots of big stuff going on on the site. I'm really excited about it. I hope you guys are too. But for now, let's get to the big six. All right. So hot off the presses, Matt. Whoo! Big news cracked last night. I think it was like midnight Pacific. The story came out. Yeah. Activision purchases King. Candy crush people the can- Which That's all that's they it. do That's it You really don't have to say Anything else about candy yeah. the, the, <laughs> the people who tried to To patent candy? Yeah is not that, that They tried to <laughs> mm? Alright They should feel really fortunate That somebody didn't patent The match three game Before they yeah. took it And Dude One thing I will say And I actually tweeted this Last <laughs> night balls On these people Yeah seriously <laughs> Like they stole a genre That someone else created And they're trying to like Patent candy Yeah But the one thing I will say, and I tweeted this last night whenever the news broke, is that I've got to hand it to King, man. Like, if you can take a genre that has been cloned by everybody Mm -hmm. so many times, like, just think back to when we were working at G4, and we would sit on our DSs, and we'd play like the network, what was that game, Animal, what was it called? Oh,
1: Zookeeper. Zookeeper. Yeah.
0: Again, like, why is Candy Crush big in Zookeeper which was that was like 15 years ago yeah it it blows my mind that they managed to take this genre that is basically freeware yeah and turn it into a 6 billion dollar company yeah billion
1: that's with a B yeah well I mean keep it I mean that's the thing is like 5.9 billion dollars That's $2 billion more than Disney paid for Star Wars.
0: Dude, that is insane.
1: That's crazy.
0: Insane. Candy
1: Crush worth $2 billion more than Star Wars? Here's the thing, so... I'll give you three guesses which one's still going to be relevant in 20
0: years. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, the Match 3 is still pretty big after all this time. Match 3, sure, but Candy Crush? But look, to most people... Candy Crush is Match 3. Well, that's the
1: thing that King understood was that there's a whole bunch of aunts and uncles and grandmas out there that had no idea Bejeweled existed. You know, like they had no idea this thing was out there. And the first, your first exposure to a Match 3 can be a catastrophic life event. Yeah. (laughs) It can, yeah. And you've got all these gating tricks in Candy Crush that, like, suck in real money but it's like oh just just pay 99
0: cents to get
1: 30 more levels that's good well, it's right?
0: like, all the pu- like why wasn't the puzzle quest games the one that went big because they're so much better than like just a straight up match but that's three. exactly
1: it like they're too complicated for for pe- the guess. people that make candy crush a big hit well my, that, that-, that wasn't us yeah. You know, it was just people that want to like play a quick little game And they don't want to worry about leveling up their guy Or like, you know, oh, I gotta do the, the red one Because my sword attack is stronger than my magic attack No, they just want to match
0: candy what? My mom today texted me <laughs> When well, my mom texted me about video games You know a story's big yeah. And so she's like, Shane, like I saw Activision Bought King today And it, like she <laughs> loves candy Crush. She spends money on Candy Crush And she's like, why would they do that? And I was like, to reach people like you Yep yeah. They, this gives them the gateway to basically use King as a Trojan horse to get their properties in front of you. So, look, I wouldn't be surprised if there's, like, a Call of Duty crush or, like, mm-hmm. a Destiny crush or whatever. I mean, look. I'll play a Transformers crush. Right. <laughs> I, I know they still have that license. I mean, I'm sure that's going to happen. I mean, but going back to what I was saying, like, what King did here is just mind-blowing. Yeah, $6 billion for a match-three franchise. And, like, you say, well, why would they pay that much for it? Well, the truth of the matter is, is, like, if you look at the, the price of the stock for King, that's pretty much what they're valued at. Like, mm-hmm. it's a little more, but you have to pay a little more. You can't just pay the stock price. Yeah, when you, you got to make it worthwhile company. to the right. people selling the company. Yeah, so... I mean, financially, it makes sense. And, and Michael Pactor came out today. It's, you know, on these days, Pactor just gets the work, baby. Like right. every and again, when you curate for Sifted, you see every article about every story, <laughs> and every single outlet had reached out to him for a quote. And basically, his quote was like, "They got a steal. Activision got a steal at six billion dollars." Like, I just the world's gone crazy, man. It has gone crazy. When does Sifted get a branded match three (laughs) game? (laughs) I'm really starting to rethink the strategy here. Maybe I should have just started a match three game. Well you could take
1: you could take each of the little the story squares and they could all be and all the different colors, like you have to match them together and then when you when you clear the board you get like the last story
0: pops up. There it is, yeah. (laughs) So huge, huge story. I mean look, do I I don't do you think, Matt, that at the end of the day that Activision is gonna get its value out of this? I don't know. I mean, I assume that if
1: someone who spends $6 billion for something, they have a plan.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, look, they didn't just, like, wake up last weekend and were like, hey, why don't we think about buying King? Like, they've been thinking about this Yeah, this has
1: been in process. I I understood the multi-billion dollar purchase of Mojang better.
0: Yeah, Um, for sure. Because
1: you're locking in an entire generation that grew up playing that thing on their iPad. In 20 years, the nostalgia boom for Minecraft is going to make, you know... You know, it's like the 80s stuff now that we grew up with. Like, you're going to be selling all that Minecraft shit. Well, it's to just
0: merchandising 30, alone for yeah, Minecraft. Yeah,
1: 35-year-old men who all of a sudden remember their Minecraft days when they were five. Right. And, like, so that makes sense to me. Candy Crush, like, I guess you're just buying into... Like, you're buying the eyes of an entire generation that Activision otherwise has no access to. You're buying Mama Satterfield, who otherwise would never see... Anything Activision wants to sell her.
0: Yeah. I mean, the other part of it, too, is that you're getting distribution. Yeah. So you look at it like... Let's look at it from the perspective of something that we can kind of relate to, which is, like, cable and, like, television like, networks and getting on DirecTV. Yeah. It's like, when we were at TechTV, yeah. we were in, like, 47 million homes. And, like... And then they merged with G4. And then G4 bought us so that they... Because G4 was in, like, 20 million 20 million. Something.
1: So then they... Like, so G4
0: bought... Tech yeah. TV, so that they could go from 20 million homes to like 60, 60 million, million homes, yeah. and it's kind of the same thing here. Like, because like Activision doesn't
1: have a really robust mobile presence; it
0: has like none. So it's mo, it is flopped at mobile, like hardcore. And everybody knows that it's the next frontier. It's where all the money is. So I think you know, mobile gaming has already surpassed console gaming for revenues. So, you know, if you think about what they would have to invest to start from scratch, and mm-hmm. to try to build this on, how many failed attempts they've and how already many had? Years
1: and years of. Trial and error. They've already they had and how catch? many more they will have yeah. until they
0: find something that catches. Still, six billion, man. That That's 6,000 millions. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah.
1: Well, it's like, what is it? The, uh, it's like a million seconds is three months. Yeah. And a billion seconds is 33 years. Yeah. So it's that's like, a, a good way. The difference way. between a million and a billion is <laughs> big. It is huge. Like, that is a lot it of really things. It really is.
0: Like, and there's six of them. A lot so, of dollars. There are some people partying hard tonight, man. Oh, yes. <laughs> hopefully they survive so they can spend all their money. Like, I, hope,
1: I hope whoever drew those jelly beans, like, never has to work again.
0: Because <laughs> good job, <laughs> sir or madam, whoever did that. And it was funny, too. Like, I was gathering media for this segment. All the media you guys have just been watching uh, through the through the show. And, like, they just do things completely differently. Like, they have... I was trying to find videos that they had created that lasted more than 30 seconds. Mm -mm. There was two. (laughs) One one of them was like a two-minute documentary about the making of Candy Crush, and the other one was about this... We played
1: this Bejeweled thing, or like, what if it was candy?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) What if we charged you for that? Exactly.
0: And then the other one was like a a two-minute video on a launch party for one of their... (laughs) Dude, it was so crazy. No story trailer? Dude, there was nobody at the party. Like, (laughs) literally. It looked like there was like 10 people there. But you could tell they had spent literally probably like $15 million on the party. Like, they had like rented a boat that went down the River Thames and down through London. Like, it was just... Well, every
1: single one of those people is worth a whole lot of money right now. They
0: are. They are worth a whole lot of money. So, what I say is, touche, King. Like, I'm not going to hate... I'm not going to be jealous. I admire what they did. Like, whoever ran that business is really freaking smart. And Yeah,
1: they played it a little dirty in places, but uh, it worked, didn't it?
0: Yeah, well, I guess, you know, you saw this week that, two Facebook came out and said that they're going to halt the Candy Crush request on Facebook. Wow. Thank God.
1: That to, to be spammy enough that Facebook says enough. That's I didn't even know that was possible.
0: Yep. Well, yeah, they said this week uh, Zuckerberg came out and said, "Yeah, we're going to stop allowing them to do that." So, it'll be interesting to see how that affects their business because I would yeah. guess that it probably has a significant impact on their business. So,
1: it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, you see those businesses are successful because that like the the legal loophole hasn't closed yet, right. you know? And like once it's closed, no one else can do anything about like it UE But Bowl. it's still <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah like U of a Bowl. That's true. <laughs> Like, we've been mercifully free of that for a while now. Yeah, because
0: the loophole got closed. Yeah, the
1: tax loophole got co- closed, so now he can't make those movies anymore. Nope. And he's not happy. He is it. not
0: happy about it, that's for sure. So, I don't know. Again, congratulations, King. I, I wish I had done what. I don't even know what they did. <laughs> I was about to say, I wish I could have done that, but I don't even know what they did. I, don't know, I wish but I could the, do it.
1: I look forward to reading the book. Yeah,
0: yeah. That, there's a book there. There's definitely no a book question. there. There's going to be another book written after all these people get all this money. Yeah, <laughs> what they do with it. So, again, congratulations. Best of luck, Activision. I honestly don't think it's a great investment. I think maybe half of that I could see, but you I know. wouldn't. Ad- I mean, but then again, I feel like if you have six billion dollars, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you're not, You win. Well, the other look, the other caveat of this before we move on to the next topic is that King has done a terrible job of finding other franchises that'll be successful true like oh, the, everything else they've tried has been crap and they, like so, maybe activision can step in and like they think that find they find a direction just, maybe they think that they can just ta- tag the word saga onto anything right. and it's gonna sell and it hasn't worked out that way
1: i also enjoyed when they tried to like claim control of the word saga yeah and um and like norway was like hey
0: yeah <laughs> like <laughs> or, that's
1: that's our word yeah and it's it describes things very important to our culture, and you can't have it.
0: Or eight thousand JRPGs with the word yeah, saga, "saga" in their names. Saga <laughs> frontier.
1: But I just like—I like the. It was great to me. I mean, yeah, people, Other people call things "saga." There's the Star Wars saga, but I love that. Like, like Norway was like, "Hey, um, that's important to us. Yeah, like, yeah. we would like to continue being allowed to use that word." Because it means a thing.
0: I also get a little weepy too when I think about how many awesome games for consoles could have been made with six billion dollars. Yeah, I would have bought a lot of Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, I would have bought a lot of a lot of good stuff. So yeah. it's a big bet for Activision. We'll see how it all plays out. I am not optimistic that it's a smart need, move. I
1: wouldn't need anywhere near six billion dollars to make my uh, Just Cause three with a Jedi game. Yeah. Just saying.
0: So, hopefully Sifted is still here like five years from now when all this plays out and we can go back and say we were right.
1: Well, hopefully someone (laughs) buys us for $6 billion. Yeah. yeah. And and we can all say we "We are rich. Yeah.
0: Well, that would be great. All right. It's time to move (laughs) on to the next topic. It has been... I don't know if I would say it was a big week for Nintendo. Just lots of little things. Yeah, it, Nintendo popped up a lot. Yeah, and they were none of them. The stories were huge. Well, so maybe the mobile stuff was huge, but just lots of little things. So we wanted to kind mm-hmm. of corral them all into one topic, like a Nintendo roundup, if you will, for the week. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is MitoMo, or is that MitoMo?
1: MitoMo, I guess. I MitoMo, I MitoMo.
0: I guess it depends on whether you're in Japan or not.
1: Yeah, I think Americans would probably say MitoMo.
0: Yeah. That's what, how I was saying it, anyway, in my head.
1: Me tomo I mean, <laughs> it's a lot of vowels for an English word.
0: Yeah. So, basically, Nintendo has announced its first mobile app. I wouldn't call it a game. I call yeah, it I don't really
1: app. know what it is. It's a presence. It's,
0: it's really just like a social network that works with Me's. is mm-hmm. the best way I can tell. Um, I don't know if it has, like, street pass function. The, the bottom line is that the details are very, very scarce. There's not a lot yeah, of information. It
1: really seems like Nintendo's just sort of sticking its toe in the mobile water. To yeah. See what happens. See if there's any piranhas. in there. Yeah.
0: So it, I mean, it's kind of like a MeVerse for mobile phones, where yeah. you have your Me that like represents you. I don't know if they're street passing it. I don't even know if mobile phones can do that. I don't know. I mean, I, if you
1: choose to share that info, but that seems kind of not. Could you Nintendo. do that through Bluetooth? Yeah, well, you can do it through the cell network. I mean, you know, it's like you know, like the big like like. I was saying like physically. Like yeah, I mean, like Ingress and like those games like that can tell you if there's a player near you, right? And that kind of thing. But you have to choose to share that with the phone and with the app, and so well, like, I mean, the which mean is stuff you know, on 3ds is like that. Which too. is yeah, but like it's the the 3ds thing is a lot more anonymous, whereas like you know a lot of I mean I'm sure they'll do it their own way, but like the the the, the the way it does it on like, most of the apps I've seen like Is a lot more real time you know It's a little more, hey I could go find this person If I really wanted to kind of thing yeah. And uh, that's not really how Nintendo rolls Because they've got so many young players
0: Now here's the thing, a lot of people are really down on this And they're like, oh it's going to be a failure and whatnot And look, if it really is Just a social network where you just dress up Your me and like And mm-hmm. just Send messages to each other and post funny pictures to each other, it's going to be a miserable failure. Because you can't compete with Facebook. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Nintendo. You're not going to be able to compete with Facebook. People are already using Instagram for photos. Like, trying to create a social network from scratch to get people Mm -hmm. on board with it, in my opinion, is really stupid. On the other hand, if it does have some kind of street pass functionality, and it does work like the built-in game on the 3DS where you would then take your friends into like a simple RPG and play mm-hmm. with those people I think it might have a chance then. It'd be a fun little
1: thing here's the thing is I think um, to some degree at least like you know I don't think a lot of people are going to care about this uh, outside of like the people who are already on the Wii U or on the 3DS it's kind of a you know they're depending on their fans to sort of like pick this up and run with it and I'm wondering if it's sort of like it's their first foray into mobile it's all got a, it's got a lot of connectivity to it is this sort of like a a quick test like is it kind of a stress test almost to see like all right let's see how this platform works let's see how we deal with hardware that we didn't make let's yeah. see how you know we have to how agile and how uh, you know what we have to deal with when one of these things goes live cuz it's kind of better to have this Mitomo thing be where all these disasters happen than like your bi- your first big like Mario mobile game or something. If that launches and everybody's like, this shit doesn't work, like, that's a disaster. But if this has, like, growing pains, it's not as big a deal because you're dealing with your hardcore fan base who's going to be very forgiving and you're dealing with, like, something that's not going to set the world on fire so you kind of have time to figure out the the bumps and the the jumps.
0: So one of the big deals was the delay. It's not Mm -hmm. coming out when they said it was going to, and that caused its stock to just go into a free fall. Yeah, that
1: that dropped a lot more than I would have thought. Yeah, I
0: was really shocked. Investors
1: are really hot for this mobile foray, apparently.
0: Yep, and then the other part of it is that, you know, people were disappointed that it wasn't, like, a Mario or a Zelda or something Mm -hmm. like that. But, Matt, I honestly wonder if Nintendo is going to put its big properties on mobile because... When you I, yeah. do that, like it devalues those IPs. So it's like you know people expect to pay a dollar or two for a game. So if you put out a Mario game on mobile and you only charge somebody a buck or two for it, suddenly it's a lot harder to ask them for that thirty dollar handheld game or that sixty dollar console game. Because mm-hmm. the other part of it is that mobile handsets are really catching up tech wise. Like you look at some of these games on like
1: yeah, they smartphones; look as they OS. look pretty damn good. Like. Yeah.
0: I mean, look, they have an advantage in that they're being displayed on a small screen, and so it shrunk down, and, you know, if it was blown up at 1080p, it probably wouldn't look half as good as it does. but but even on, like, iPads and stuff, you know, it still looks pretty good. But look, the 3DS is getting away with that big time. I mean, you try to blow up a 3DS game, it looks atrocious. So, I don't know, Matt. Like, I am really wondering if we're going to see Nintendo's big properties on mobile, and if we do, I feel like it might just be, like, Match 3 stuff. Like, there's Pokemon Shuffle already, Hmm. and, like... I think it's been going to be a very long time, if ever, that
1: you're playing the new Pokemon legit full-fledged Pokemon game on a mobile platform. I think you're gonna. I think maybe they're they you know they might be picking and choosing properties that will become mobile properties. Like, I think Pikmin makes a lot of sense in a touchscreen environment.
0: And look, it hasn't um, done all that well on console right, in the first time. So try place, it over so... there.
1: Try it as a free play thing. It's also got all the. The product placement of all the you know little artifacts that you know the Duracell batteries and all that stuff, which is another revenue stream you can imagine take paying
0: to get the Rock Pikmin. Yeah, or, or, or I mean, like there's a model there for sure.
1: For or that powering game. them up, like you know yeah. you, can, you can pay real money for like you know a power up that makes your Pikmin invincible or super hard to kill for like five minutes or right. something. Or like watch you know you pick up a duracell battery watch a duracell ad yeah. you get a little power up for that you know like there's a lot of integration you could do there but i'm thinking you know what i'm describing is very run-of-the-mill mobile i don't think expect- what about
0: a pokemon game where you just have to pay for every pokemon you add to your party instead of finding them and capturing them you you can just pay for them so call
1: a pokemon amiibo is what that is
0: Amiibo. Poke amiibo um,
1: no, I could see, you know, what I'm saying is very standard mobile stuff. I'm sure Nintendo probably will think outside of the box more. and probably be a lot more,
0: less smarter than we are about it. Yeah. yeah,
1: but then on the other hand, who knows? You know, I, I know they said a couple, a few, like, last week or something, it was like, they're talking about how, like, oh, fans really want, like, an open world in the new Zelda game, so... Instead of giving them what they ask for, let's give them something they won't expect that's similar to what they want. And I'm just like, no, yeah. <laughs> just give us what we want. Like, you know, and like, but you know, there's people that will always say that's like Nintendo knows better. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you gotta look at the sales and be like, do they?
0: Sometimes it. Doesn't sometimes seem like not. It is. Sometimes maybe you should just give them Skyrim. <laughs> with, for... Skyrim with Link. You know, right. maybe that's yeah.
1: you know, I don't know. But uh, it's gonna be very interesting to see. And I think you're right. I think they're going to hold their big. You know, I'm sure they'll make appearances. Like maybe like. You know, kind of like a WarioWare style game right. might include like a lot of the big shots, but like as like far as like a full-fledged, you know, one thing I will uh, I will speculate on if if any of their big properties were to have a full-fledged mobile installment, I would say that's where they put Metroid.
0: Uh, I don't know about that. Although I hope it, Although not. it hasn't sold well either, so yeah,
1: I hope not because I would prefer full-fledged, you know, we uh, whatever NX uh, Mar- Metroid game, but I wonder if that's where you put like a Metroid. 2D game at some point.
0: Probably make people happier than other M did. <laughs> it, well, yes.
1: Um, but, like, I mean, for me at least, uh, that would be one way I would, you know, wholeheartedly, you know, still some skepticism, but I would be more willing to embrace the mobile Nintendo era if you started it out with something everybody's wanted forever. And people have really wanted that portable side-scrolling Metroid ever since Metroid Dread was leaked, yeah. announced, canceled, and delayed. Right. Um, so you put something similar to that out, and you might win a lot of goodwill on top of having kind of the more mobile-centric titles out there.
0: One thing I will say before we move on to the next Nintendo topic is that this shows that people care a lot about Nintendo on mobile, mm-hmm. especially its stockholders. Like, they're banking on Nintendo's mobile initiative doing really well. Yeah, so. This is
1: going to be a big, big deal and uh, I think you're going to see uh, it show up a lot on uh, Pactor's show yeah. uh, because it's a bit, you know, there's very few major business maneuvers to match this one in the industry in the next few years.
0: Yeah. Alright, so the next Nintendo topic we want to talk about is an executive from EA came out this week and said that yes, Electronic Arts would consider working with Nintendo again. On the NX, I think it was his quote was like, we're open to any and all opportunities with Nintendo in the future. How many
1: times are you going to get back together with that dude?
0: Yeah. yeah it's just like... This wasn't Peter Moore, by the way. I think this was some guy from Europe who mm-hmm. this quote was attributed to. So what we want to do is we want to go back and, and start off by looking at EA's relationship with Nintendo. So when I look back over the last couple generations of consoles, thinking about what EA has done with Nintendo... There's only really one game that really sticks out and that game is Boom Blocks. Mm-hmm. That was the one game that Nintendo that that EA made specifically for Nintendo's hardware with its hardware in mind made use of the hardware. It was the original game that wasn't on any other platforms supposedly developed with Steven Spielberg, <laughs> which I still wonder how true that is, but mm-hmm. So this game, I loved this game Matt by the way. I it was will great. say I loved Boom Blocks. I Anytime people would come over, I'd have to, like, push it on them. <laughs> They'd look at it and be like, I don't really want to play that, man. And I'd be like, no, you got to play it. this. Try it. It's so fun. It's like 3D Jenga. Like, it's so great. No one would ever want to play it. And it ended up selling terribly, and it did nothing. And so that was like, and I wouldn't say it was a big bet, but I'm sure they probably gave Spielberg more money than he should have got for his idea yeah. or whatever it was. So it wasn't like they spent nothing on this. And so then they kind of moved into like the active stuff like there was a game called ea sports active that was like an exercise game that game actually did end up coming to like some other platforms like it came to both 360 and playstation 3 if i remember correctly it sold with these weird like things that you strapped onto your like arms and your legs and like these weird bands and stuff that you used that game didn't do well that had a whole like Man, I, I remember Wellness that stuff. Is like a. Thing. I remember that stuff like it was a dream. Yeah, like that's so bad dang. dream. <laughs> and it had look, it was crazy how far they went with this stuff. Like it had its own website where you could go and like you'd take your little band and you'd upload it through mm-hmm. USB to the website and it would track your progress and like. It's kind of ahead of its time when you think about the Fitbit thing and everything. Oh, yeah, it really was. But, you know, it was for these consoles yeah. that went away. And as, so all as the hardware... any Sega
1: fan can tell you, uh,
0: being ahead of your time in this industry doesn't always pay off. Not even just in this industry, in all honesty. True. That's just kind of the way it is. And so that was like a big initiative for EA on Wii. That failed, went away. The next one was they kind of mutated the Sims franchise with My Sims... And made it like a cutesy Sim... And look, most of these games are the games that sold a million or better on the Wii. Mm. Um, all these games we've been talking about sold at least a million. Except for, I think, Boom Blocks didn't. But My Sims did. And it was like the cut- cutified version of The Sims. Allowed people to dress up their characters. Again, a really casual game. It was completely out of the typical wheelhouse from EA. And something that they normally would never do on the Xbox platform or the PlayStation platform. Um, Then comes the launch of the Wii U. And so EA kind of adjusted its strategy for the Wii U and kind of went all in on the core games. And so at launch, they had Need for Speed, Most Wanted. And... I remember the developer from this game was so pissed off because <laughs> they went the extra mile with this game. Like a lot of the of developers were just porting stuff over to Wii U and weren't really paying attention to like the functionality of it or really writing to the metal of the hardware to get the most out of it. The developers of this game like wrote to the metal on the Wii U and delivered an amazing game. It was a great port. It looked incredible. It ran incredible. Uh, the game got pretty good reviews in general, not just for the Wii U but but uh, for other platforms as well. And it tanked. It did terrible. It sold like nothing. I remember
1: people calling it out as like this is the definitive version, right? The developer did. He said
0: this is the best version we've made of this game. Completely tanked. And so the other game that they had was Mass Effect Three. And if you remember when that came out for the Wii U, the Mass Effect trilogy, I think it had just come out or was about to come out. Yeah. And instead of like the Wii U getting the Mass Effect trilogy, the Wii U got just Mass Effect Three. Right. And look say what you want about the ending of it or whatever, this game got huge review scores and was a Game of the Year candidate for pretty much every publication. It freaking tanked. And so that was basically the entirety of the games that EA made for the Wii U. They made Madden for one year and FIFA for one year and then those two games. They released four games for the Wii U, Matt. So do you think this is just lip service? That EA's is a Nintendo—it's uh, like they just being politically correct and being like. No, I think. Uh, well, I
1: mean, I don't know how many times you can go back to that Nintendo well before you finally learn uh, that it's you know EA's had some trouble in that regard, like you like you say, but like you know, Nintendo is is a major player. They're a major factor. I mean, look, Mac, I could, this they could, a... But they could come. You know, you never. I think the thing that EA is doing is like you never know when Nintendo might actually strike Wii again. You know.
0: But look, even on the Wii, when they had. A hundred plus million install base. Those, those were the only games. My Sims, EA Sports Active were the only games that sold a million copies for EA. And if you could look, we can go back a generation. One percent, right? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Less than one percent. Way less than because it sold way over hundred million. You can go back to the GameCube era and look. They actually really backed Nintendo then because they kept putting out Madden year after year on the GameCube. On a I'm, tiny little bisque. And there was one year where I think the GameCube version of Madden sold 26,000 copies. Oof. And they kept putting it out. Like, so you can see the gradual weaning of EA supporting Nintendo. And to the, bo- the broader topic I'm trying to get at here is it's not just EA. If you look at the other third-party publishers, it's been the same deal. Some of them got out earlier. Like If you look at like, the M64 area, like, 2K was there. Mm-hmm. And Take-Two was there. Like they made games for the N sixty four. Got to the GameCube, they put out a couple. By the time they got to the Wii, they were done. They were out. No you know, Rockstar laughed when people asked them if they were gonna put out Grand Theft Auto for the Wii. Like, I remember that was a dagger to some Nintendo fans' <laughs> hearts. But and so some got out sooner than others. Ubisoft, you know, they were all in at the launch of the Wii. They put out probably the definitive version of Assassin's Creed 3 at the launch of the of yep. the Wii U. And now, you know, do they you think they're gonna come back? Like it's Same like, with Arkham City. It's like the graphics say right now. No friendo. Like, do they? Ha- does Nintendo mm. have friends left in the industry as far as third parties are concerned? They're going to come back and, like, jump in at the beginning? Or is it going to be, like, a wait-and-see approach where they wait to see if it blows up, and then we end up getting a bunch of crap games anyway that we don't really want to play because they're Nintendo-fying their library? Mm. Well, the Wii U
1: support, like, I think was very cursory. It was very... I think that was certainly lip service, but especially in the I mean, like, Yeah, Mass Effect 3, really great game, but, like what do you release as a launch title on a platform that's clearly going to have mainly as an audience Nintendo people, Nintendo fans, who either they were Wii gamers and they didn't play the other Mass Effects, or they are multi-platform gamers and I guarantee they've played the other Mass Effects, yep. or if they haven't played the other, other Mass Effects, why would you jump in with 3? Like it's yeah. a weird thing to launch with, you know? Remember there was Batman. The... Arkham City, Armor Edition, yeah, I mean, and again, probably the def- you know other than the PC version probably the definitive console version of that game um but no one cared
0: it, and so that's my thing is like so they got a couple third party publishers mm-hmm. to put games out at the launch of the Wii U all of them bailed pretty much directly right after
1: with ubisoft even saying like yeah we have a game finished for the Wii U but it doesn't make financial sense to actually release, release it.
0: it we've spent the money to develop it we're not going to put it out <laughs> And granted, that game was like some junky minigame compilation or whatever, but still. But that was also Ubisoft's bread and butter on the Wii. It was. So. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, so you, you see this gradual weaning of Nintendo platforms by these publishers, and now here comes the NX. It's like, do they even, like, put out that token release at the beginning of the console's life? I don't know.
1: All I can say is that uh, Nintendo's, like, presentational pitch to these guys better be good.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it's... Like, they're going
1: to have to see real potential in what Nintendo's doing here. And I like, think that the, the, the biggest chance for real potential is, like, it's a fucking video game console. Yeah. Like, tried and true video game console.
0: And on parity, at least with this gen, it has to be. You have to make it easy to port games from this generation to that console. You have to make mm. it so the developers can make an NX version of a game alongside... The PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions, like yeah. you can't create this weird ecosystem. But do you
1: think that's going to happen? Do you think it's really going to
0: be? I don't. Like I, neither do I. I really. think Nintendo's going to continue to walk to the beat of its own drum, and it's just it's the goodwill has run out. Mm-hmm. Is the problem?
1: Well, I think it's like you know the Wii maybe taught them some of the, some weird lessons because like. You know, it, you know the, the Wii was sort of this. Oh, thing. Well, like you don't, we don't need third-party support. Well, well, that, but like also, like you don't need power parity. Yeah. And like it's one thing. You know, the most powerful system very rarely wins a generation, yeah, if true. ever. Although you know, it's
0: happening this time.
1: It is happening this time, but like it very rarely is what really happened. You know, it's Wii, never happened the, until yeah, now. Yeah, the Wii was was easily the weakest, and it although the PS3 eventually caught up after years later at the right. end of the generation. Yeah. Um You know, PS2 definitely outclassed by the by the competition, et cetera, et cetera. Both. And, yeah. It was the weakest of the three. Yeah. And, and you like, go back
0: to the generation before with the original PlayStation. It was the weakest. Yeah.
1: yeah. And like, but it doesn't matter because it had a library. Yeah. And the thing is that Nintendo needs to kind of realize is. Yes, power doesn't matter in that regard, but you still need to be able to have people put their games on your system without going out of their way tremendously. And people were willing to make Wii-specific versions of big games in the Wii generation, because, at least at first... There was opportunity. It was opportunity, and it was selling like crazy, and no one knew what was going on, so yeah, you needed a Call of Duty on that thing. Yeah, you needed a version of Madden on it. You needed everything. But, like you know, you're hitting a point where people have, I think the publishers sort of expect the Nintendo stuff to kind of sell Nintendo games and that's it. So, it would behoove Nintendo to have a platform that is like, porting a major multi-platform release to it is a no-brainer. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's just like a PC architecture, it's on parity with like the Xbox One, we can just move it over and we don't have to like cut content or change texture detail or do anything like that. It's just an easy thing and like, you know, it makes it, yeah, that's the other thing is like, Nintendo needs to make it possible again for someone who owns a Nintendo console to not need another one. Yeah. Like a Nintendo console needs to become a viable single console. Well the Nintendo console console
0: has been the second console since the N64 era. Yeah. It's never, I mean maybe the game you could have got away with but I wouldn't want to just have a GameCube. But not so, you remember what, remember <laughs>
1: the Super Nintendo where it was like, you know.
0: You didn't need anything you else. You didn't need the Genesis necessarily.
1: Yeah. If, if, you, if you were a Nintendo fan, you loved their games. Anything, if, you know, if, if you didn't get sucked in by something like Fantasy Star or Shining the Holy Ark or whatever. Yeah. Like you didn't care. You know, it, was, yeah. it was like you had all Nintendo's first party stuff. You had uh, you know, all the multi-platform stuff that mattered for the yeah. most part. And, and you had third you party exclusives. Third-party <laughs> exclusives. You had, you know, you had the. Yeah. Uh, I know the, you know, the blood was sweat, but it was the better version of Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it was. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, you know, it, it's like, you know, it was a very viable single console. It, like, yeah. and that hasn't happened with a Nintendo console ever since. And I would like to see it happen again. Like, that's yeah. the key now. Is like people don't. I don't think people want all the different consoles just to play the things they want to play. It's no, all... I think
0: pretty much everybody would be down with owning just one console. For sure. <laughs> but that's never going to happen. No,
1: but like Nintendo needs to... Like, there's no room for a second console that just plays one company's games now. Yeah. And you need, especially in this realm of Well, mobile, I think we
0: found out what the market is. Exactly. It's 10 to 15 million people.
1: Yep. Yeah. And so I think they need to really... Ser- I know Nintendo hates that idea, but they really need to seriously consider like, hey, this
0: thing needs to be like the other consoles, but Nintendo. Yeah. All right, so the final Nintendo topic we're going to talk about is Nintendo announced the replacement for Club Nintendo this week. It's called My Nintendo, Matt, and it's pretty much the same damn thing. Like... Yeah. It's a unified account, which is something they should have done five years ago. Slowly getting there. Welcome to the real world, Nintendo. (laughs) So you get your unified account... um, the only other real change that I could see, because it, it's still the same thing, like you buy their games, you get points, the points you can then spend for downloadable games, you can spend it on merchandise, you can spend it, I don't even, just on a myriad, myriad things. And the only real twist is that you also get points for actually playing Nintendo's games. Hmm. So they've kind of found their own way of handling achievements in a way. Because you're getting rewarded for actually playing right. a game, whereas before in Nintendo's ecosystem you were not. So, why would you go through all this whole process? Oh, look, everybody knew what Club Nintendo was. Like they had, mm-hmm. they had built a brand, and building a brand is hard. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of marketing. It takes a lot of messaging. They did all that. They did all the heavy lifting. People knew what Club Nintendo was. They knew it was Nintendo's rewards program. So. Matt, why do they create this brand new thing that's basically the same damn thing and give it a new name?
1: I'm pretty sure that, I'm sure there's like behind the scenes tech reasons, but I, my guess would be they had
0: to rebuild it from the ground up to incorporate mobile. Yeah, I'm not, look, I that's, understand why that's they- That's it. Look, I understand why they closed the service down and mm-hmm. they're launching a new one because look, it was- You mean why is it so similar? Why, why they just not keep it Club Nintendo? Why do they name it this new thing?
1: I'm sure that's like one of those weird marketing, like kind of brand rec- you know, one of those brand things where it's like, oh, we need to like make it clear that this is a new
0: era and we're maybe they're learning now. from the name of the Wii U, <laughs> maybe. where people are like, oh, it's just a Wii, <laughs> yeah. but it's now it's got a tablet. And also, I'm sure you know it, it gets into
1: like PR and marketing speak where it's like, oh, Club Nintendo sounds exclusive and and you know keeping people out whereas my nintendo makes it yours and it makes it
0: part of an experience and it makes it well we did that on sifted because if you look on the channel nav like where it says my sift my sift yeah it was called like 10 different things before we finally settled on my sift
1: (laughs) club sift
0: it it was called your sift was like Mm. the first thing it was and i was like no if you say mine it provides ownership and it makes you feel like you own it a little more and it's you know, we want people to realize the sifted is customized to them, and we felt like my was better. But it's funny how one little word can change kind of how people perceive things. Well, now you blew it. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody
1: sees what you're doing. The gigs
0: up. Yeah. The psychology. Don't is appreciate exposed. your ruse, sir. <laughs> but it just—it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like you know, it, I hope I don't have to like some create some new login. Like, it just seems stupid because they went through this whole process of where people had to like. Turn in all their coins before a deadline, and like mm. and the deadlines were like staggered. Well, then I,
1: I I turned in all my coins, and I had enough, and I got the Wii U version of Earthbound. Oh, because I've never played that. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, but then the code expired in July, yeah. and I don't have a Wii U, so I gave it away on Twitter because yeah. I was like, well, I don't want this code to just like go to waste. So, right. like I'm just so I just gave it away to or maybe it was on Neogaf, but like. I just gave it away cuz I'm like, well, I can't use it and I don't want it to go to waste. So, but I'm like, why what, what was the point of that? Like it yeah. expired like 2
0: months after I got it. Yeah. Like it was really weird. The whole and thing I, just doesn't make any sense to me. Look, I, I would say the whole thing. I mean, obviously them updating their their right. service and but starting
1: completely over and making everybody do that thing. I mean, I'm sure there was a reason for it somewhere in there, but we'll
0: never know on the back end, but like I I can't really think of a reason why they would have to do that. Like, why couldn't they just hold your coins and all your points until they're ready to launch the new service, call it Club Nintendo again. Mm. Hey, here's the the new Club Nintendo. Maybe the
1: people in charge of building this were not in charge of Club Nintendo, and they're like, well,
0: we don't want to keep with this system we don't like, so we're going to start over. Maybe the code was just crap. Could have (laughs) been. But again, that doesn't change the fact that they could have kept the same name and branding and all that. Yeah.
1: But I mean, if you wanna if you wanna like get everybody to like you know, pay attention and and do what they need to do and use their coins and get you know if you're ending all that. I guess it makes sense to kind of just shut it down and start again. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it really matters that much. In the you know, I'm sure their main point is to make it a more transparent experience where you don't have to log into a clunky website and like. Yeah. Reload the page four times until it finally shows how many fucking coins you have, <laughs> and, like, you know, and keep tr- trying to remember like which game you played. And it's like it's like put, I'm, you know, I'm putting in like all these codes from like 3ds games. Like you've already used this code, or this code might be expired. I'm like I don't remember when I bought this. It was it, archaic. Yeah. If way. it becomes a thing where it's a login that's universal across all the platforms, and as soon as I like put in Xenoblade Chronicles. It registers that, and I get the points for having it, and I get the points for, like, playing it, like, and I don't have to go back and, you know, sync all my purchases with the codes I put in on the website, and then by June I need this many to be a Platinum member so I get the club exclusive that's actually just a bunch of Mario cards that I don't want anyway. I still have a bunch of those club exclusives, like, sitting up on top of a shelf where I'm just like... I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't care, but I also don't want to get rid of it because it's rare. I don't yeah. know, you know. Maybe I should sell it to someone, but who wants it? I don't know. You yeah. know, it's like it's one of those things where it's like you know you're we're wonderfully trained as gamers to like get the get the rare thing, yeah. you know, and like get the exclusive thing, and I'm like, oh, great, I got it. Hmm? Then you have yeah, a closet full. Now like, I have it. It's like, <laughs> that's the problem. So, I mean, I, I think Club I've gotten some good stuff out of Club Nintendo. I mean, they've, they've, yeah. they've, you know, every once in a while their platinum reward for the year is like, wow, that's really cool. Well, like, their last
0: they, couple of platinum rewards were The Last crack.
1: couple have not been too good, but like, there was a period where they were giving out like Zelda statues and yeah. stuff, and like, it was like, it was really good. It was, and it was like, it felt like a real tangible reward. They got cheap at the, the end. Fan.
0: Yeah, well. I think the last one I got it, was like it's a major soundtrack or right.
1: something. Right. It's been a hard few years. It has, yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, I like the soundtrack better than the big cardboard collection of, like, little, like, foldable Mario cube yeah, thing. I don't yeah. know what that was. That was yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, I'm glad it's back. I'm glad something like it is back and if it's easier to use, more power to Unified it. Unified
0: accounts, I think we we'll all agree. Thank God, finally.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, yes, I think Nintendo's doing a lot of weird things and dumb things, but, like, I don't want Nintendo to go away. I don't Nobody want, I don't, does, yeah. I don't want yeah. anything bad to happen there. I don't want to see see them, like, you know, because retre- they're not going to sell their stuff out. It's like, if you want to keep getting these series you love, Nintendo's got to figure their
0: shit out. Yeah, pretty
1: much. And I'm hoping that... Oh, I hope the NX is good. <laughs> like, I just, I just don't... I don't know what to think. I don't know what to expect. And I'm just, like, afraid we're going to get to E3 next year. And, and it's going to be, like... What is that? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm afraid we're gonna be sitting here like on that day while we're watching the live stream and just being like, I don't know what I'm seeing. I don't know how But I've is- said
0: that before with Nintendo stuff and it ended up being okay, so yeah. I've learned over time to like not overreact to Nintendo's announcements. Right. It's so probably the best way to put it.
1: Will they get in on the VR thing? Will they get? You know, what's going
0: on? What's going to happen? Yeah, what's exciting?
1: E3 is going to be a monster. It really year. is going to be because you're going to have
0: the other two consoles hitting their stride.
1: And it's going to be No Man's Sky coming out. Yeah. I'm just like I that week. Yeah, just, you will not be able to contain. Maybe me we'll do June. the E3 hangouts in VR. Oh, <laughs> no one, no one wants to see us. Oh, it's like we're in the room with you. That's what you. That's what everybody wants.
0: All right, it's time to move on to the next topic of the Big Six. So, you know, I was thinking today, Matt, I'm like, I was talking, you know, I was thinking about the whole King thing, and I'm like, you know, I just don't get it. I don't get why people are so enamored with Candy Crush Saga. Uh, I don't understand why my mom gets brought to a place where she'll spend money on it. And I was like, you know, kind of a fun topic is games that I just don't get. <laughs> and,. So I texted you and I'm like, do you think you could come up with a couple games that you don't get? And I actually have, I have dozens of games that I don't get, mm-hmm. but I did call it down to two. Matt, what is your first pick for games that you don't get? Um,
1: my first one is Clash of Clans and it's Clones. Okay. Clash of Clones of Clans. Um, I had never played Clash of Clans actually. What I what I ended up playing first before that was uh, Plunder Pirates, because okay. my niece was playing it. And, And my and my brother-in-law and they're like I've never even heard of that. It's exactly like Clash of Clans except it's pirates. Hmm. That's it. Like which I didn't know at the time. What is
0: Clash of Clans? A lot of
1: people may not even play. I've never played it. I mean, you've seen the ads. Yeah, of course. Everyone's seen the ads. Yeah. What and the Plunder Pirates had a lot of ads too for a while. But like what it is is basically you get like a kingdom or whatever. There's a lot of games like this. Now there's a there's a Star Wars game like it. Everything. So you get a kind of like a fief, a little plot of land or whatever. And it's like, you know, like Farmville or your average, that you build, you know, you build your home base and then you build, like, a thing that creates resources. Then you build a thing that builds stuff. Then you build a thing that builds soldiers. Then you build a tech thing. You know, like a real-time strategy game, but everything takes, like, hours to build unless you spend real money to speed the time around. Right. Because it's like, you, all these games are like, okay, play for two minutes and now go away for five hours. It's unless like, you, go you want to give us a dollar. Unless you want to <laughs> give me a dollar. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so, like... So you do that, and eventually, once you build up like kind of a little army or whatever, you can go like raid other players' play So like, there's defensive, you know, structures you build too. Like so basically,
0: you, you set up a fortress, and then people attack it. Right,
1: and you don't get to control what happens. Uh, you just get to watch it afterwards. And really, the you people, get to watch
0: it live when they attack it. No,
1: you get to watch it after it happens. You so come it's back. All and,
0: like, it's all like and... yeah,
1: and so like, and actually, the people attacking usually don't actually get to control what. What's, they get to control. There's like what soldiers they drop into the battlefield, but it's not like an RTS where you get to pick where they go. And you don't tell to, th- this group of soldiers you have, you have to pretty, go to this. Yeah, you have pretty limited control over what they do. Probably to make it more fair, because if you had lim- if you had direct control, you could just go by. You know, there's still people that do like a lot of glitchy kind of like you know strategies. Like I guess you use a certain combination of units, and you'll just never lose. Sort okay. of thing. Okay, I think we get it. But you get it. Um, but it's one of those things, I mean, it's made millions and millions and, you know, Game of, uh, was it, uh, you know, I think Game of War is pretty much the same thing. Is it the same thing, thing? Very similar. And, like, I just don't get it. Like, it's, it's like it takes elements from games genres I like, like RTS and, like, city building and 4X and things like that, and it makes them really boring and annoying. Like, it's just like, it's like. And not interactive. It no, it's like, it's like, it's like I said, like. Before the show, I'm like it's like three minutes of of doing t- clicking things and gathering resources and building stuff, and then go away for a while. It's like it's yeah. like a cigarette. It's like. Smoke me for three minutes, and then, okay, you're done. Go away. I've killed you a little bit. And you can come back in an hour and have some more, and, and I'm going to kill, gonna you, kill a you a little more. bit more. And that's <laughs> that's like what these games are to me, where I'm like, it's like I'm dying three minutes at a time doing nothing I enjoy. Yeah. Like it's, like, it's like at the end, I'm like, you're going to add up all the little minutes I spent playing Ponder Pirates or Clash of Clans, and I'm like oh my god, I, what did I do? What did I do to myself? It's like I could have been playing anything else, but I'm playing this. Why am I doing this? Yeah. And I you know, I did play it for a while until I realized I just don't care, and I stopped. Yeah. And um, there's people that still play, still being play Endless, and I know people are just, you know. My brother-in-law be, plays it. I mean, I get the the. When he hook, sees me
0: at the holidays, He, he every year he's <laughs> like,
1: do you play Clash of Clans? I'm like, you asked me that last year. Stop right? it. I told you I would never play it last year. I, I get the carrot on the stick thing. You know? yeah. I, get, I get the, but like, but... There's a certain point where, like this, like those games to me, I'm just like the stick is clearly right there. I mean, it's like it's you just know what I think the it stick is? is a mile out, and I can't even see the carrot, and
0: I don't even understand what I'm trying to work towards. I think it's a multiplayer game for people who can't play multiplayer games. That could be. Like I think it's a substitute for them. It's also like what a lot of people like either they feel guilty or they just don't, frankly, don't have the time to play real mm. games. And so, you know, this is a game where, you know, if they have kids or whatever, it's hard to find time to sit down and play a game. So this is something where they can play. And actually, when I was getting footage for that King segment that we did, one of the things that the guy said that was the key to their success is like making sure that they built their game in a way that when someone has 30 seconds or 90 seconds Mm -hmm. or five minutes or two minutes, that they can play their game and have fun doing it. And that's what he said their secret sauce was it's always thinking about the limited amounts like if you're watching tv and a commercial comes on can you play our game while that commercial is on Mm. and get something out of it and enjoy it and i think for games like clash of clans and for a lot of mobile games that's like the aesthetic that they're designed around is like those little one minute two minute loops like how long does it take to set up your base before you can put it down and not touch it for a day or two about a commercial break yeah so I think that's the the idea behind it and look uh, for people like us like I would I won't play games like that but like my brother-in-law sure does like he yeah. he's trying to get me to play the damn thing so I agree with you I don't get it either but I can see where some people do
1: yeah. I guess I, I mean there's a lot of games that I don't like get in the sense that I don't want to play them uh, right. you know MOBAs or like Team Fortress 2 like but I can look I almost put Team Fortress 2 as one of mine but I can look at that and understand why someone spends their time doing that. Like yeah. I can appreciate that in terms of like, yeah, if I was a different kind of gamer, I get why that would be a very appealing, fun thing to do. Uh-huh. But this stuff, I don't there's nothing fun about this. It's like, yeah. it's, like it's like having another job <laughs> to me. Is, you know, yeah. like, oh, gotta check in with the clans. You know, I think it's, like, it's a time filler. I guess. So people yeah. aren't bored. My time filler is like puzzle quest ripoffs. Yeah. Basically. I mean Marvel Puzzle Quest, that new Ghostbusters match. Which is 3 a match thing. three game. Yeah, they're all match three <laughs> games. <laughs> Well, I like to think they're more complicated than Candy Crush, but not really. Probably not. Mm. Puzzle
0: Quest is a little more involved. A little bit.
1: I mean, I get to, you know, wait hours for my characters to upgrade right. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess that's that's a, just a different way to waste time. Yeah. So uh, so I, my my real time waster game is a game that probably everyone would have on their game. They don't the, the games they don't understand list, which is a proofreading game. It's called the grading game, and you read like. It's supposed to be papers from students, but it's actually Wikipedia articles they stole and put in the game. But, like, they've, they've got, like, a certain number of errors in them, and you have to scroll through and click the errors, and it corrects them. And, like, so, <laughs> as someone with a okay. with, someone with a degree in English, that's sort of, like, I just remind myself of, like, that's what I could have ended up doing if I'd gone I, the, the PhD I route.
0: A, I have a journalism
1: degree, and I have no interest in that at all. <laughs> it's it's oddly satisfying to see the misspelled... And, like, there's a whole section, there's sections on the subjects, and there's, like, you know, like a hundred papers or whatever per Subject and there is a video game section and like there's like long like art- Wikipedia article essays about like Ralph Bear and like <laughs> and like the Atari Twenty Six Hundred and the Crash Eighty Four and all this stuff and I'm like oh this is real interesting I like, uh, that character that word character is misspelled I mean it's yeah. like it is the most boring imaginable thing to do to like, kill time and but... you're giving
0: people crap for playing Clash of Clans yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right well my first pick uh we're only we're both gonna pick two my first pick for games I don't get is Minecraft. What? I do not get Minecraft at all. We are I, we
1: are so hipster today. We are so old
0: today, <laughs> <Yeah>. Matt. <laughs> I don't get it at all. I remember when this game was, not even before it came out, it was about to come out. And I was working at game trailers at the time. And all for whatever reason, all our video editors had latched onto this game. And it was like, I remember the website for Minecraft, like when it was just like being developed and everything. It looked like a GeoCities website, and like they would, hmm. I would come in to check. Oh, it I had like the flashings. Yeah, it I, was I, just yeah, yeah. You're right. I would come in and like to check and edit for a review or an interview or whatever. And all our editors would be sitting there reading this green ugly ass website. And I'm like, what is this? They're like, well, I already paid. And like, yeah, you know, they. I'm like, <laughs> you put your credit card into this crappy ass website, and they're like, oh yeah, it's it's legit. It's okay. I'm like, how do you, you don't know anything? And so. This game took over GT, literally, for months. Like, two months before it came out, it had taken over GT. Because people had gotten in and were, like, messing around Yeah, with early it.
1: On, I think I got in, at like, beta, like, 0. 0.8 or something. I mean, yeah. it was real
0: early, and I'm like, oh, I, I got it.
1: But yeah. I, I was like, oh, cool. But, like, yeah, people people disappeared into that game.
0: I, do, I, I don't get it. Like, I just cannot get it. Look, I Look, kids who like Minecraft, that I get. Because... When I was a kid, I loved building stuff. And all kids do. That's why Legos and Lincoln Logs and Erector sets are the best things you can buy kids. One, it keeps them quiet. And two, <laughs> and two it never—it doesn't have a shelf life. You know, you can just keep building different. Lincoln Logs kind of do. You do get to a point with Lincoln Logs yeah, where you can I think, build. I
1: think Erector sets and Tinker Toys may have seen their day. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Lego, you know, really never goes out of style.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying out of style. I'm just saying like it's something you can play with and do right. something different every time. It's not like... But Lincoln Logs, you did... There was a finite number of buildings you could build with, like, whatever set you got. Yeah. But I erector mean, sets and You can't make Legos, a log cabin Godzilla. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I get the kids that play it. But, look, I was around grown men who became completely obsessed with this game. And, again, like, I can kind of understand it at first. It's like, uh, eh, you know, it's cool. It was unique at the time. And it's like, oh, I can just... Snap all these blocks together and build my own video game levels, but after you get over that, like initial, like oh, that's kind of cool. Like I have no idea why people would continue playing this game. Like building things, like I loved it when I was a kid, but like at a certain age, like I, I hate, I hate, I never like to use the phrase "get over it." But I did get over it. Like, <laughs> at eight or year, nine years old, I didn't want to play with Lincoln Logs and Legos anymore. I get it. I get it. I mean, I don't play Minecraft
1: very seriously. I played it to a certain degree when it, like, first r- launched or whatever. But I've never... I haven't played it, with, you know, in since they've added all the weird, you know, the, the stuff where you can go fight the
0: Ender Dragon and all the you know, all that, you know, they've made it much more Well, they actually game. tried to make it into a game. Kind of a game, yeah, yeah. Because at first, that was what really turned me off. I was but, like, there's no objective to this. It's but, like... Well, but I remember, you know... There's other this, than surviving the night. Oh, I thought that
1: was a really cool twist that you have to build a, a house fast to, like, survive. them. I mean, it's... And I remember that first time I finished a house in time, and I sat there with the door closed while the zombies and the and the creepers, like, came up to the, the, the door, and I'm just like... This is so cool! Like, it's like, <laughs> like I felt like it was like it was like I re- recaptured like the the feeling I got when I when like you built a fort when you were a kid, right, right. And like you're just like
0: we're in a fort, and your imagination that get us. is running yeah, wild. Yeah, exactly.
1: And, so, and, and it was like I would really enjoy it. I thought that was really cool. And
0: that's pretty much
1: as far the first as I went. time. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the
0: way I felt too. The first time, and then like it failed. Yeah, like they busted through the door and killed me, and I never cared to try it again. But like I
1: get. I, I always remember the the penny arcade strip that ran around the time that happened, and it was it was like Gabe saying like, he he comes up and he like he's like okay, so I can punch the tree, and the tree gives me wood, and I can make sticks out of the wood, and I can make a block. Oh, I'm in trouble and it was it was it was like you know if you love like a crafting system thing yeah. like if you love making things out of things and finding like you know and I love like I really enjoyed learning I didn't play it myself but I loved learning later about how like oh if you dig down far enough you find diamonds and you right. find all these special things you make armor out of it like the you know find people I get why people like were addicted to finding those configurations on the workbench and building those you know I get that it's not for me but, like, I don't, I don't, I, I understand it. I just, I don't, I don't understand how someone our age has time
0: yeah, to do all that. part. Of that's kind of the of <laughs> You know, if I
1: was, like, you know, if I, even, like, a teenager, if but I see, was young thing, and had like, time, I would be, like, it's not to me that I don't like building things. I, I have a hundred Star Wars Lego sets. At yeah. All. I mean, I love doing that. But, the, for me, it was, like, if I had a whole summer vacation to just do that. Like, oh, yeah, that would be my life. But see,
0: I wouldn't. Even as a teenager, I would have looked at my time and been like, I don't want to burn, like, my whole summer playing Minecraft. Well,
1: once we hit a point where I was, like, you
0: know, dating girls, sure. Well, I think but the other like, part of I... it, too, is, like, your perspective on what you, in not even want or expect, but what just intrinsically you enjoy from games. Like, and I enjoy accomplishing things. And, mm-hmm. like... I felt like I wasn't accomplishing anything playing Minecraft.
1: Well, first you accomplish paint a fence. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, there's, there's some people love the craft side of things, yeah. and some people... Hey, look, won't. I'm not
0: begrudging anybody who likes it or whatever. Yeah. It's just, I just don't get it. It's just not... The way I'm wired, yeah. the, the way I get reward re- rewardment mm-hmm. from my games, I just don't get anything yeah. from it. Well, I'm, so. a, I'm a Minecraft tourist. I would say
1: like I've gone and on, logged on and like looked at like the full-scale representation, like recreation of Westeros from Game of Thrones that right. someone set up and looked around. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing that someone made this. No, I have no I interest have no in building it. I have no interest in doing, doing it. Yeah, none. no. But I'm like, I I love seeing it. I love I love what people have done in it. I love the guy that made the full-size Star Trek Enterprise replica out of Minecraft blocks. I'm like, I can't even imagine where you start
0: and like every room, every door, every it's, it's, it's <laughs> like wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Too much time on your hands. Yeah. I just think about that person and what they could have accomplished. Like with their time doing something else, it's like you could have made an enterprise out of out of real materials. Yeah, he could have built a real ship that <laughs> flew to the moon. <laughs> All right, Matt, what's your second pick for games you don't get? My second pick is probably going to be a little
1: controversial, but uh, it's just, it requires explanation. So my second pick is Smash Brothers. Ooh! But let me get this. Let me explain. Um, I love Smash. I've been playing Smash Brothers since the first you know release. I am imported the Japanese version. So I could play it first, All Star Di Rento Smash Brothers, uh, and so I yeah, and shave the sides of the cartridge off so it would fit in my American N64. Aye, aye. The whole deal. Um, but the thing I don't get is really the tournament style play for Smash Brothers, where like it's like you take all the you know to me it's the fun of it is the randomness and the items and all the craziness you know. Uh, but when you when you strip it down to like the tournament version, like to me it just becomes tedious to uh, certainly to watch somewhat to play. Uh, and and, like, you know, and I'm not going to say that like the guys who play this don't have skill because you do. If you if you look at like a like a diagram or like a you know they have like running diagrams of like inputs like how what these players are doing like the pro players are yeah, doing. but yeah. like, I mean it's like it's cr- it's like a hundred inputs like a, really a minute insane, or something. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> or a second. It's crazy. Like they're they are thinking. Fifty moves ahead, like as they, commit. but like to me, it just looks like two like sprites rolling around trying to throw each other off a ledge, and I'm just like, I don't, don't I don't care. And you I, want
0: full disclosure from me? Sure. I hate Smash Brothers. What? I have not played Smash Brothers for more than an hour or two since the N64 version. Wow. At GT Brent, the guy who built Sifted, he had an office across the hall from us, and at lunch every day eight to ten people would pile into his office and he had a little gamecube set up in there and they would play all lunch and yell and hoot and holler i never once went in there and played i do not like smash brothers at all at all i played the n 64 version not even that much like i bought it and i try to get people to come over they'd be like let's play tekken like it is just i don't know why and look i love nintendo games i love nintendo's characters I just have no interest in playing this game. I always felt like the controls were just janky, and, like, I felt like I was playing, like, a battle platformer, which is what it really is, where the controls weren't as good as Mario 64. Like, that was kind of always my perspective on it. Like, and, look, I've watched people play it, and I know they're really good, just like you were saying. Like, the professional players are, like, mind-blowing at what they do. I just have no interest in it whatsoever.
1: Same. And, like, I just... You know I hate that like you've, you because you know Smash Brothers is like an evo now it 's created this like, sort of rift between people who want to watch Smash Brothers and people who want to watch literally every other fighting game yeah yeah instead. <laughs> and like you know the stream chat just becomes like this horrible toxic like, like soup of people like you know and, and it gets into people like hating Nintendo in general and hating Nintendo fans and Nintendo fans fight back on it and like yeah. it goes back and forth and like you know just the constant wins marvels and like all that you know. And it's, it's just, you know, there's no way to make those things coexist because, as, you know, I'm a big fighting game fan. And I also, like, Smash Brothers is a fighting game. Like, oh, yeah. I, I will not, I do, I think the people that go on about how, oh, it's a party game. What like, the fuck does that mean? No, like, it's, it's a, a fighting, fighting game. game. yeah it's a, it's a very different fighting game, but yeah. it is a fighting game. yeah it You know, it belongs at EVO. It should be at EVO because it's a fighting game and that's yeah, what EVO is yeah. about. But, like, it's so different in terms of format of what you're doing that, like, and what you're doing, it's like, it's weird to watch if you're... Well, the object,
0: first of all, the whole thing object's is... Object's totally it, different. Right. It's knocked it, someone off the platform. And it takes
1: forever. <laughs> it does, you know, and, yeah. it's, it's, you know and, and you can't... You know, I get why you need a certain number of stock. You can't have it... You know, happenstance happens, and you can't have someone who accidentally make, misses an input and falls off a ledge. Oh, sorry, your tournament dream is over. Because, yeah. like, you know, you, it's like having, you know, two out of three on... Uh, on the, on you know, a Street Fighter or something, you can't do that. But like, the, it's just such a different viewing experience that I can't, I can't deal with it at a certain point. And and as much as I enjoy that, this it's also hard
0: to see because a lot of times the camera pulls way back and like the characters true. are really small. When you're watching streams, it can be hard to follow the characters, and it's hard to follow period because you have yeah. so much going on. So yeah. you have like, and it's such an intricate game. It's yeah. such a
1: game of, of what's happening between those two little characters and yeah. and, and what. You know, different. You know, there's so much stuff that happens between those two players that is entirely about, but what inputs they made yeah, yeah. and how they countered each other, and you might not even necessarily
0: see it. Well, then there's on all screen. the X factors, like the items that just come into into the. Well, there's no
1: items in Tourney play. Right,
0: right. Yeah, they strip you know. all that out. But I'm just saying, generally, like playing Smash Brothers, like there's so many like variables in it that right. like it also feels kind of random, like who wins and like. I just never liked it, man. i just it has never ever done anything for I me. always had tons of fun playing. never with, reviewed with, it either, by the with, way
1: but <laughs> I reviewed brawl and I like brawl a lot uh, i don't think it's as good as melee, and I've never played the Wii u version yeah um because i don 't have a wii u yeah uh, but if when when I do get a Wii u uh that will be one of my first games I buy,
0: and I will not play it with you no,
1: apparently not <laughs> I, apparently i don't want to do that uh, with you but uh yeah, but like just in terms of like uh. Things I don't get. I guess it's more of a permutation of a game I like that I don't get. Is is that the, the, the tournament play of Smash Brothers, uh, where it's just like and it is a phenomena. It's yeah, like big, it is a, a phenomenon. It's yeah. huge. It's absolutely huge. But I just I look at I watch I try to watch it and I just inevitably drift away and go eat something. until... I've tried to watch until Marvel vs. Capcom comes on. I'm that yeah, guy. I'm sorry. I'm, I like that too yeah. though.
0: Like I'll eat a sandwich and then turn it off and wait for like. Street Fighter, yeah, and I
1: don't want to be like I don't want to be that hater. Yeah. I don't want to be him. I don't hate on it. Like people that like it, I don't have anything against yeah. them. Like
0: everyone but, likes, but but even things. I like
1: it. But I'll get I'll get like super salty about. It's just like it's like come on, finish. I don't want to watch this anymore. And it's just like you know, it's just it it it, it bothers me that I can't get past that and I can't yeah. like. Appreciate it for what it is, and like but I think part of it is like it's so hard to see what's happening if you don't understand the intricacies of the game, and i don't i absolutely don't I like to play on random stage with all items on and final smashes on, and just everybody goes crazy and you know I love blowing people up with landmines and super smashes, and I don't i don 't care i don 't care about the intricacies of it yeah. and when you like, kind of reduce it to sort of like yes there's a really Measured, intricate, skill-based game in there, and I don't fucking care about it at all. There it, you have it. It, it, is a, <laughs> it is a it is, a, it, is a, it is a it is a slam bang like have fun when everybody's mildly buzzed like like drunk game to me, yeah. and I just don't care about watching it or playing it professionally. And uh,
0: that would that would be that would be my pick. All right, my final pick for games I don't get is Five Nights at Freddy's. Matt. Sounds like someone didn't go to showbiz pizza enough when he was a kid. (laughs) Oh, went to showbiz pizza plenty (laughs) and Chuck E. Cheese. Today, I was looking for footage of this game, like the trailers and whatnot to run during the show. And just just like King, there was no trailer for this game that was longer than, like, 30 seconds. It was really hard to find footage of this game. But, well, not hard to find Let's Play footage of this game, I might add. And so I'm, like, watching a couple of these Let's Plays... And one, I don't get this game. And two, watching these Let's Play people act like they're scared just made me even more mad. Like, <laughs> there was like, I've so like 10 Let's Play videos of this game where it was so obvious that the person that was playing the game was acting like they were scared. And then you look at the view count and it's like 350,000, like 200,000 thumbs oh, they're, up. They're not really scared. 10 thumbs down. No, like, the world's you, gone you crazy, really, Matt. You really believe someone would do that? Just go on the internet and tell lies. Yeah, just act like they were scared. <laughs> so here's here's one thing about this game that I don't get is why would anybody be scared of a little animatronic toy that you can kick all, all the way across the room? I I don't I don't know. Do you know I, what the game is, Matt?
1: Yeah, it's like it's like Night Trap, pretty much. It's like all you're watching the video monitors and like. The, the animatronic monsters are trying to come get in your room, and if you don't look at the monitor long enough. Like, I, I own three of the four of them, and I've never played it.
0: You get them in a humble bundle or something? Yeah,
1: they all, and humble bundles are Steam bundles, Steam sale bundles and stuff like that. I mean, I, have, I don't think i paid pay more than, like, a dollar for any of them. But, like, the, yeah, I've gotten a bunch of them. I've just never started them up, because I just don't care. Here's, here's a secret. Here's a secret about my gaming style. Uh, I don't think games are scary. At all? No, like, Never. Never. Not a single. A couple of games that made me jump because you know the, the base hit. That's all this is. is yeah, it's all scares. this is all jump scare. Like the base hit of some of certain games. Uh, Resident Evil, Resident Evil Two, the second disc, where like there's a point at which you leave like the briefing room of the of the police station, and then the the tyrant like breaks yeah, through. Yeah. He just you just fought him, and every other time yeah. you fought him, it's been like twenty minutes since he yep. showed up again, and then he pops right back out. And that one got me because I didn't expect it, and it was a jump scare. But in terms of games that like oh that's so scary. Like, a video game is always going to give you the tools to get past any situation.
0: I thought the the opening So I don't find it scary. I thought the opening 4 or 5 hours of Resident Evil 4 were scary. I thought the atmosphere that they had, like the one guy is his name Mendez, the bald guy with the beard, like the first time he shows up in the cabin and like just picks Leon up by his neck and mm. is just like Oh, like the Rasputin guy. <laughs> yeah. That was scary to me, man. That scared the living crap out of me, because that guy seemed so powerful and strong. Oh like, yeah,
1: he was, but I knew I was- And it
0: wasn't cheap, it wasn't jump scary. They just had created this guy that to me was scary as shit. Because I knew by the time it, <laughs> what no part of
1: him. By the time I had to fight him, I was going to have the equipment to do it. Like that's that's you're always going to get through well, it. How about A like the is Ganados
0: outside, like the chainsaw Ganado, like when you you really didn't have the weapons like to take him on, and like I had to run from his ass like yeah. across like rooftops, like that didn't scare you? No. Because like I'm gonna get there. Yeah, Wheel of iron, I mean, they're, my they're friend. Not... I.
1: <laughs> there are games I found. You know, I found Cylon Hill too unsettling. I mean, yeah. atmosphere. You know, I can I can appreciate a really tense atmosphere, a really well crafted like tension. I was legitimately scared in Resident Evil Four. But like, like the other don't...
0: Resident Evils, like Resident... they Re... were mostly jump scares, like the dogs
1: jumping through yeah.
0: the window, like that's. I would neat.
1: I would never describe
0: Resident Evil Four as scary. Wow. Ever. Well, I don't. Th- I think it settled in to be more of an action game eventually. Yeah, for sure. I was just talking about the first yeah, like, four or five hours when you wander into the village and the weird creepy people are standing around with the pitchfork like I don't know
1: man I don't know I I thought it was scary I I can see that but I just I don't find things it sounds like movies I don't think movies are scary unless there's like the threat is like a real I mean I I find like um, Zodiac to like the Zodiac film to be way scarier than like Friday the Thirteenth or whatever, yeah, yeah. because Zodiac happened, right?
0: You know, like that's the scary thing. It was like, if you got, like the monsters aren't scary to me. But see that those they were monsters. That's why I thought the opening of Resident Evil Four was so scary. Is because they were just people. They were human. Mm-hmm. They weren't zombies. They were just like these people yeah. who were kind of in a trance, and then this other dude well, who's yeah, the, like the seven feet thing. Tall. I mean,
1: there's but a that really happened cool... later though. Yeah, like, but like once even when you go back again, when you know what's happening, you know why they are how they are. Like I think, I mean, I think that's a really cool sequence. I think those are really awesome enemy designs. Yeah. And like, once you kind of know what's behind them, when you play it again, like it's got this really horrible Lovecraftian like like otherness to them. Like yeah. that was already there, but once you know the story, it doesn't? That's the great thing about that is once you know the story behind the Ganados, like it doesn't ruin them. Yeah, it just yeah. makes them worse. Exactly. Yeah. You know? And, like, so, I I mean, I appreciate that. See, I, and, but I think I wasn't scared. I was too busy being like, dude, this is
0: awesome. that does scare me, definitely. That's, so anyway, let's go back to Five Nights so at good. Freddy's. Where, and it is the bane of what we were talking about. It's all about cheap jump scares. Yeah. Where they just slam your subwoofer and, like, it's quiet, it's quiet, it's quiet. Boom! Ah! It's, yeah, it's like, so cheap and, like, there's no game. Look, I'm a big gameplay guy. There's really no gameplay no. in the games. Like, it's just... The guy cranks them out like every five. I mean, that's a testament to these games. There's like
1: four games in a year? Yeah.
0: Dude, if you can make four of anything in a year, whatever you're making sucks. That's my opinion. I make more than four (laughs) stakes in a year, and they're pretty good. Good point. (laughs) (laughs) Four games in a year, your game sucks. That's my opinion. But I don't get it. These games sell like crazy. It's like a YouTube sensation. Like it makes me even more angry that people like watching other people playing the game. Like I just don't get it. And maybe it's just a whole part of the whole YouTube millennial thing that I don't get. But I just I don't get it.
1: I I have no. And again, it's one of those things where I'm like, I can get it. I can get why someone would do that, but it ain't for me. It sure ain't for me. <laughs> like, I I've watched some of the you know let's play stuff with with Five Nights at Freddy's, and I just I just don't. You know, again, it, watching me watch it would not be a good live stream. Let's say it. Yeah, let's exactly. Clear. It's just a good, it's just a stone faced old man staring at a, staring at a screen like whatever. Shaking
0: I'm, his head. Yeah, I don't get it.
1: And, and it's like you know what. I'm gonna play a video game. Yeah, I'm <laughs> gonna play a video game
0: instead of watching someone else play. it. Although
1: I really do need to play Five Nights at Freddy's just so I know what I'm talking about. I think you
0: know point. it well enough. I, I yeah you described like, it just fine.
1: Yeah, but we you know you know us. We have to touch it. We have to touch it. Yeah, we have, we have to push it around and see what it does. I, play,
0: I played one for. 20, 30 minutes. I
1: bought three of them, so I should fuck. <laughs> That's I mean, the Humble Bundle in a nutshell, though. How many hundreds of Steam games do I, I think I have, like, 600 Steam right. games, and, like, I've played, like, 50 of them? If you, you know?
0: allow the fact that you have games that you're not playing to make you feel guilty, you're doomed. Yeah. Because it's too easy to have games you'll never play now.
1: Well, sometimes I look at my Steam library list and I'm just like, "There's some some of these games are going to be unplayed when I die. Yeah, oh, for like, sure. Like, there's going to be, it's like, depressing. Yeah. <laughs> and no one can ever have my account
0: again, so it's yeah. just gonna, they're just going to vanish I can't sell my, my account when I, before I'm about to croak. Yeah. My Steam account, when I'm about to die, is going to be worth a lot of money. Oh, yeah. I should be able to sell that and, like, spend the last couple of months in the Bahamas or something. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next topic of the Big Six. We're going to talk now about Rise of the Tomb Raider. And I should preface this by mentioning the stipulations that I'm under right now, Matt. All right. So <laughs> I have to say, you know, every time you get a game for review, and we've talked about this on the show before about how it's changed over the last, like, five years. It used to be they'd just be like, here's your embargo when you can put the review up. Unless they were Capcom, in which it came with a 14-page explanation (laughs) of how each scene needed to be presented and what date. Well, they called it like a review guide. That's what they call those. So now when you get code for a game, there's there's a sheet that's the old sheet that we used to get for decades that we've worked in this industry. And then there's this other sheet. And this other sheet is for like the new games journalism. Mm. That basically tells you like when and how you can stream and what you can do with it and what you can say. And so... The sheet for Rise of the Tomb Raider is one of the most convoluted, insane things I have ever seen. It's like, well, you can stream for two hours, but you can't show any cut scenes. And, yeah. So I'm looking at this, and like, today was the day that you're allowed to stream. And I'm like, okay, well, I think I want to do a hangout for this. I started looking at it, and like, basically what you would have to have done is gone, played through the game, and then look for the very specific places where they told you you're allowed to show it, and then save. And there's only three save slots total. And obviously there's one i am taking up just for my review as I'm playing through the game. It leaves you two other, two other save slots, basically, to do it. So it would have taken me, like... I would have had to play through the game, like, the, the same sections of the game, like, three times to create the saves, so that when I start the Sifted Hangout, it's starting right where I'm allowed to show it. And then, in the midst of that stream, I would have had to, like, cut out the video feed while the cutscene showed and then bring it back. And so, at the end of the day, I just didn't have the time, nor, in (laughs) all honesty, the motivation to do any of that. And so, today, like, everybody put up, like, most people did. Most people didn't even live stream it. They just, like, did Mm -hmm. pre-made gameplays. And so, basically, everybody's going to put up the same stuff from Rise of the Tomb Raider, which, to me, invalidated any value of me doing a Hangout because everyone else was going to put up the same shit. And I wouldn't have to do any of the work, and I could just curate it, which is exactly what I did today. So right now on Sifted, there's basically the same gameplays that I would have shown you in a Hangout. So if you want to watch it, go ahead. So I I mentioned all this to preface that I can't talk about a lot of stuff about the game, obviously. I'm still under an NDA embargo for reviews. But what I can talk about is any of the stuff that was included in the sections of the game that we were allowed to show. So I can't talk about... Any of the cut scenes, I can talk about the setup of the story, and I can talk about most of the gameplay. I guess is, is what i can I can do. So Miss Croft is not a cheap date. No <laughs> no. <laughs> so looking at the graphic on the screen, she's crafty. The first thing I will say is that the crafting in this game has gone way beyond the last game, like way beyond there. You have like a eagle vision or whatever you want to call it. Every game's got like the button you press that helps you right. see things that you're supposed to that you can't normally see. So this game has that. And when you click that thumbstick, it's the right thumbstick that you click down. There are just things everywhere to loot to just break down. Like trees. Like you walk up to trees and you like give them a couple karate chops and break them down into wood and then you have wood to craft with. You Minecraft. Go and you, yeah, yeah, good one. And you gather herbs, and you gather mushrooms to tip your arrows with to make them put... It's insane the level of crafting and looting that you do in this game. Like, I... Look, the last game had it. This game has, like, doubled down on it. Yeah, the last one had it in a way, like, Far Cry has it. Right. This game has doubled down on it. Like, there's three different disciplines that you can, like, level up Lara in. Um, Like, you know, some of them... Just to show you how intense the crafting is in this game, some of the things you level up just allows her to loot enemies as soon as you kill them without having to like separately like loot them. Mm. Like that's how intense and how interwoven into the game it is. So crafting is a big part of it. Uh, The other thing I would say is that if you've watched trailers for this game, or maybe you've cut yourself off from watching trailers from this game. Don't don't worry about it because all the trailers really show the first like hour and a half of the game. Like I was blown away cuz so I was like, "Oh, I've watched all these trailers. It's probably ruined everything." No, like they've been really good about just using the very opening sequences to show off this game in trailers so far. So, that's one thing I would say is don't put yourself on a media blackout for this. Like everything you're seeing in these trailers, you're going to experience in the first couple hours playing the game. So, that was another thing that's that struck. Me. Yeah. The other thing that struck me is it's a Tomb Raider game, Matt. What? It is a Tomb Raider game. You raided some tombs? I've raided many, many tombs. (laughs) I'm about eight or nine hours into the game at this point, and it is legit Tomb Raider. Like, I will say they have done an about-face, and there is tons of platforming in the game. There is tons of puzzle, environmental puzzle solving. Uh, You fight a lot of wild animals like you did. Like, the mix, they have nailed it. Like, it Hmm. is, it feels like Tomb Raider through and through. Like, whereas the last game, I was like, oh, this kind of feels like Uncharted or, like, Mm -hmm. some random action-adventure game. Like, they have really found the sweet spot for this as far as the mix of gameplay styles and the puzzles. And, like, the puzzles are, some of them are pretty clever, like the environmental Tomb Raiding puzzles. And um, I'm having a good time with it. The story, I mean, they've, they've put this out in all the trailers already, but basically the setup for the story is you're trying to, we'll say avenge your father, but you're trying to legitimize your father's passions, I guess is the mm-hmm. best way. He was on the hunt for something um, before he passed away, and you kind of continue that hunt and try to basically solve the puzzle he was trying to solve before mm-hmm. he, he passed away. So that's kind of the setup for the story. Um, the game is still burly like i don't know if you remember the last game there was like all oh, these the really stuff yeah. yeah oh it's like this now it, this game's like that too like there was one time where i fell into a pit with spikes and like literally like a spike went through her neck and like out the back of her neck and then there was one, like two in her leg like jamming up through her leg like it still has like that mm-hmm. real like the famous uh river yeah from the first where she just in- impaled on the, right. the tree yeah, yeah. it has tons of stuff like that it's still brutal I haven't come across any weird, like funky rape scenes or anything like that, like the first no, one. That's I had. good improvement. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't mind. You know, we talked about Resident Evil Four before. It's like I
1: like I don't mind like some really nasty death scenes for my protagonist if I if I screw it up. You know. Yeah. Like, and uh, Dead Space did that too. I, I I was like, oh, like I mean, you're punished for dying, but you're also a little bit rewarded for dying. Yeah. Um. Although I think watching a zombie chainsaw myself, my guy in half, is a little less disturbing than watching Lara squirm on a on a tree branch for a few. That that goes on a little long sometimes. Well, I
0: mean, there's the famous like rape scene from the first game too, that was very unsettling. Yeah,
1: Uh, I don't think you really need that scene to. You know, it's supposed to be like, oh, this is what prompts her to like kill her first human. Right. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really think you
0: know. I, I, the, I think somebody else trying to kill her is good enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's like,
1: like no one had to try to rape Nathan Drake to yeah. get him to kill someone the first time. I think you know, I think there's a little bit of double standard happening there. But like, uh, that's good. That's good to hear that they've they've moved away from that kind of sexual threat idea.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's also a huge supernatural angle to this game.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, Tomb Raider. Yeah. Gotta have... I mean, what, well, the first one, like, within the first ten minutes, you're fighting a T-Rex. I mean, yeah, it's just like, yeah. all right, weird stuff's going on. I get Yeah, it.
0: but, I mean, a T-Rex is one thing. A T-Rex actually existed.
1: Right. <laughs> it was... At least... But the, um, you know, like, the first game, uh, or the first... Reboot? What do you even call it? Yeah, yeah, the last game, previous game, Uh, you know, you ran into, like, the, the giant, like, ghost monster zombie samurai warriors or whatever right. near the end, and, like, there was you know, that was... Yeah, you know, magic exists in Tomb Raider we know this yeah
0: there's a little bit of that in, in this as well which again it's just it's a part of Tomb Raider that does they've... it
1: does it fit yeah, because one of the things, like, that kind of element is also in Uncharted, but it's kind of famously, like... It doesn't like, it, fit in it, unchar- unchar- it breaks the, the combat, usually, you know? it's like Here it does. It totally does. Um, does fit?
0: Yeah, I mean, the whole story has, like, a super... I don't want to spoil anything, right. but the whole story has, like, a supernatural angle to it. Like, okay. it's a uh, lot it's like Raiders of the Lost Ark, I guess is a good way mm-hmm. to put it. Um, there's an object that everybody's trying to get, and that way it's a lot like Uncharted, But there's this like relic slash artifact that everyone's trying to get, and it's like the race is on to get it. And there's some people who want to use it for bad, and there's some people who want to use it for good. And you know that's kind of the whole. It's a MacGuffin.
1: Yeah. Magic MacGuffin.
0: Yeah. Um, Visually, the game—I mean, you can see in the trailer—it's amazing. Like it's—I don't know if it's the best-looking Xbox One game, but it's pretty close. It's the best-looking hair I've ever seen on the Xbox One. I'll say that Mm. much. Uh, They did a really good job with the hair, which is something that's traditionally really hard to do in games um, I've enjoying it a lot so far uh, the gaming eval will be going up I believe the embargo breaks Sunday or Monday night at midnight mm. It's one of the, and is that
1: the, next week? it's the same yeah, day as yeah. Fallout
0: it comes out the same day as Fallout and the embargo for both reviews are like within like 6 hours of each other or something wow, yeah.
1: no, no pressure
0: so I need to finish this one off real <laughs> quick like I said I'm like 9 hours in if it's the same length as the last one I've got about 5 hours left around there um, so hopefully I can maybe finish that off tonight and get cranking on Fallout. But then Fallout's weird because Fallout 3, you could technically finish it pretty quickly. Yeah. But then you're not really playing you Fallout. You haven't really
1: experienced it. Yeah. yeah. So
0: I know I'll be able to get through that game quick as far as like making it through the whole campaign and seeing the whole story and everything. But what I really want to do is spend a ton of time just... Digging In the into. world, yeah, because that's really what Fallout is. So. In the world,
1: building your own towns, yeah, hanging out with the dog. So
0: not much sleep for me, for because <laughs> you know not only do I have to play these games, I still have to write the evals for them. No so. sleep till post-apocalyptic Brooklyn. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so so far, what I've played of Tomb Raider, thumbs up. Um, you know, it might have been worth just to want to hang out to hang out with everybody and good answer to some questions and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, what I've experienced so far, no cause for alarm. I guess is the best way to put it. Hmm. Yep. All right, so let's move on to the next topic of the Big Six, and this is a game that came out just today. It's called Need for Speed, Matt. How many of
1: these games have just been called Need for Speed
0: without any subtitle? With no, with no
1: subtitle, like at least three,
0: I think. I think it's just two. The two? Yeah. This is the first. This Need is for... like the first like
1: reboot or whatever. Hmm. I guess technically the first one was Road and Track presents. Right. Need yeah, for Speed. you're right. That's what it was. Played
0: that one on the 3DO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We were just talking about like our before we uh, went on sorry recording the show. We were talking about like what our favorite Need for Speeds were, and we realized that our favorite Need for Speed is now seventeen years old. Yeah,
1: our favorite Need for Speed is definitely um, for me certainly Need for Speed Three Hot Pursuit, the original. Yeah. From I think ninety eight. Yeah. We like actually that.
0: agreed that that is the best Need for Speed. Although I would yeah. say for me personally, a close second is uh, Need for Speed Underground. So. But I'm,
1: I really miss the point to point like really heavily designed sort
0: of. Fantasy-ish, you know, like
1: *Atlantica* in *Hot* Purs- the original *Hot Pursuit* was really weird and sci-fi and kind of fantasy, and I, I really enjoyed those those old tracks. You know, I think the open world, um, design. Like while I enjoy the open world *Need for Speeds*, I really miss the old style with like you know very carefully designed tracks. Yeah. Um, I played *Hot Pursuit* and uh, *Porsche Unleash- Unleashed* on the pc for a very 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 long time like over a year especially with the user mods on it and everything and uh i miss them i miss those old games and i feel like these games like well why don't you talk about the new one and 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 how it's treating you
0: what i'm gonna say is that this one isn't gonna make you feel any better (laughs) look i'll I'll, look just full disclosure i've only played the game probably three and a half hours four hours and i don't want to play it anymore So, I'm not evaluating the game, I'm not writing the game eval, that is being uh, handled by a freelancer, um, and I wish him luck. And look, I haven't told him how I feel about the game, I'm just going to leave him pure so he can come up with his own opinion on it. But, one thing I will say is, last night the review started coming out, there was one review that broke embargo like a couple days ago, like Ars Technica just published its review like out of nowhere... And the crazy part was, it was never taken down. Like, usually those pop up, and like, I curated it real quick. I'm like, oh, you know, sifters would probably want to see this embargo broken review. Yeah, you ain't never made them take it taken down. Yeah, well, it? in the spirit,
1: I guess, in the spirit of this series, I guess, fuck the police. The, sur-
0: <laughs> the more surprising part was that then other publications weren't like, well, then screw you, we're putting ours up too. Like, right. usually the, that's the, what the, happens. Yeah. And in this case, they didn't. They all waited for embargo, which was midnight last night. Which should tell you something but about it. Which should how, typically no. tell you something. <laughs> If you can't put the review up until the game's officially for sale, that's always a red flag. And I think most people who uh, use Sifted probably know that by now. But this, I. So like, here's the other part of it. I cannot believe some of the review scores this game is getting. Like, I cannot believe it. The first thing is the game is always online. So the nightmare, the Xbox One nightmare, has, the nightmare come, scenario. has come true. Like, here's. And, and it is the perfect example of why it was such a terrible idea because. I had races not save. I had like weird glitches happen where because it's connected online like cutscenes were supposed to play that like didn't play or they would start like halfway into the cutscene. I had you can't pause the game, there's no pausing. Because oh. it's always online. So, if, like, you have, like, an itch or, like, (laughs) your wife walks in the room and is like, yo, dude, like, I need to talk to you, stop playing the video, you can't stop, or you just fail the race, like, I don't know what they were thinking with this game, Matt. Like, the FMV in this game, the live-action stuff is so bad. Like, I cannot believe anybody ever watched these and was like, yeah, we made the right decision on that one, like... (laughs) I'm sure it was up there at a place where they're like, "Well, we already spent the money, and this is what the production company gave us, so we're going to use it." It's
1: too late. That's almost a hallmark of this series at this point. Between like this and the run, and even like the old like underground and like you know street stuff, where it was like, it was like, "Is this? Am I supposed to believe any of this?" Like, it's so like at a certain point in this series, I just got tired of everyone telling me how awesome I was. You know, it's it's this weird sort of. Sort of like you're trying to cash in on the Fast and the Furious idea, but like you're also trying to cast me as like the most badass ruler of the city, street racer guy, and like it's all comes off so artificial, and the and the performances are so weird and disjointed. It's and like, so bad. In this and game you bad. wonder like what. Like, is it intentional? Like, is it is it parody? Is it... These aren't
0: even so bad that they're good. Like, I'm just embarrassed for, like, the people who are acting in them. Like, they're just so hokey and corny and overacted and just... It's so bad. Like, it is so bad. I, I... And not
1: so bad like the Power Glove. No. It's, like was...
0: I said, it's not so bad so that, that it's good. good. <laughs> it's just bad. Like, the the game itself, like... The one thing I do like about it is it has gone back to where it gives you the same level of customization that you had in the Underground series. And look, it's all like over the top, like crazy whale fins and you know rims and decals and stuff like that. But I did enjoy that in the Underground games, and uh, I enjoy it here. Uh, the handling model is forgiving. I mean, it's it's really a casual driving game. Yeah. Like it's well, they they
1: always have been. With maybe with the exception of those like. I can't remember the name of the ones that were, like, more sim attempts.
0: Yeah, well, the cops in this are, like, an afterthought. Like, they never even come after you. Like, I mean, parts of the game are just broken, to be honest with you.
1: It's weird to me how often they, like, start over with this series, you know? Like, I feel like if they would just, like, Keep iterating on one particular take on this thing, like they'd eventually end up with something really good. But they seem to constantly stop and start. Well, they
0: shuffle it around to developers too. Yeah. It's like they can never stick with like one team to keep making it. And it's it's
1: hit the point where I'm, like you know, as, as an old old school Need for Speed fan, like there's a lot of more recent ones I really like. I like the first Criterion one a lot, Hot Pursuit. Um, I liked a lot of the the you know the mid range ones, you know, in the GameCube era with you know Underground and those games. But, like, it's kind of the point where I just don't know what I'm going to get when I buy yeah. one now. You know, it's like, like well, you know, I like the police chases, but, like, apparently I'd be disappointed no, no, if I bought will, this yeah, one. Yeah, the
0: police chases are pretty much non-existent in this game. Well, then, like, it's weird
1: to me that, like, you can't depend on some of these, what, what I think would be considered basic elements of this series. Like, they're not always there. They're not always, you know customization not always there sometimes you can just pick the standard model of the car and you can't touch it anymore
0: it's a pretty game other than the fact that it's always at night (laughs) like you never race during the day it's really weird like that's as light as it gets out pretty much what you're just seeing right there Mm -hmm. like it's just it's a bare i guess the best way to put it is it's a bare bones racing game it feels like this team had like a year and a half to make the game it just doesn't feel full featured it doesn't feel like the fifteenth or sixteenth iteration of a series that's for sure um I just I was really disappointed in mm. it and then to see some of the scores that it's getting like is it getting high scores? I mean the scores have kind of been all over the place, but i've never I've yet to see a score as low as I think it deserves. <laughs> <laughs> I guess is the best way to put it. I've seen some like eights and nines, which is to me is just preposterous for this game like we were talking about before you. We I can't on.
1: remember the last Need for Speed I would have rated that.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, well, I can, but I was, yeah, it was in, like, I was in college, right? Exactly. <laughs> like we were talking before uh, we went we went on air, and I was talking about how last week on the show we said that you know Forza had kind of replaced Gran Turismo as the racing sim of choice. And you know what? Now I feel like Forza Horizon has kind of replaced Need for Speed. Horizon does as the do arcade it well. like driving game of choice.
1: It does it, you know. It does not replace Need for Speed for me in the sense that, like the police chases or what I
0: like the best. Like, but the like I said, they're the like non-existent chase. in but, this yeah. game. So.
1: And Horizon does that thing where it keeps telling me how cool I am, and right. I don't like that. <laughs> I, I don't know why I don't like that. I just don't. I'm just. I just don't believe them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm not that cool. You're. I know lying. I'm not that cool. If
1: I was really here in this car, no one would think <laughs> I was that great. I'm sorry. Like people Don't would patronize people, me. No, people would come up to the car and they'd be like, "Oh my god, that's the next. Nice oh my god, who's driving it?" Like it's like it would be like, "Oh yeah." Um, no, there's no party tonight. You know? it's like that. Would, that would be my Forza Horizon experience. But the balloons and it's like, no, it's yeah. that way. Go yeah. go back to the boat. Get back on the boat.
0: And yeah, the bro the bro is really strong in this game. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah, yeah. the whole like street racing scene thing and the bro and the daps and like, you know, all that stuff. Uh, and it really looks like just from looking at the
1: at the the b-roll, it looks like um, this is one of those Phil bars games. Yeah, and it's like oh, every, you get style points, and then you get like you know experience points, and then you get money points, and then yeah, you, you finish get... a it's just like this <laughs> cavalcade <laughs> of meters yeah. going off. Yeah, it's totally that way. Yeah, it's it's like, and it's just that kind of constant. You know, I think what was it? Uh, the crew was like that yeah. too.
0: Actually, like... you know what? This game reminds me a lot of the crew. That's amazing. that's actually a really good analogy. These two games are very similar. Wow. Yeah, and the quality level as well. That's, they're that's, pretty much. That's not a very nice. The crew thing still saying. survives. They're they're reworking the crew it's right true. now. Somehow Ubisoft has managed to.
1: And the crew also falls in the slot of like I really like that idea yeah. for a game. I just I really think that's a cool idea, and I don't think they got
0: there. I just don't know why they made this game. To be honest with you, like like. I get it. like this. I'm a Need for Speed it, fan. You're a Need for Speed fan. I get why they should make a Need for Speed right. game. I just don't know why this one was released in the state it's in. It is like a bare bones. It's mm-hmm. I have. Two it's th- half the game the last Need for Speed was, and the last Need for Speed wasn't great. So
1: yeah. Well, I have two questions, really. I guess. Uh, a. Do you think it's better or worse than the Run, which is the the cutscene heavy, like story driven game it's, from a few years ago?
0: It's a little better than that.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: and that game was yeah. bottom of the barrel though no keep question. in mind for no anyone question. who's watching this that doesn't know the run the run was terrible yeah
1: something that's worse than the run would be uh, a Need for Speed game worse than the run would be like yeah. like we need to have an article
0: no it's a little better um, and second question where the hell is Burnout? yeah don't know being well, protected well I guess Criterion who owns the IP? does EAL EA own
1: it? EA owns Burnout I'm sure
0: well, there you go. Yeah, but why?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I know they're fairly similar in some, you know, in terms you know, when you look at the box cover, I guess they're pretty similar, it's but they're not similar. Yeah.
0: You, there was a point in time where the Need for Speed franchise was selling almost eight million copies a year. It was one of EA's biggest franchises, and I'm sure it's just all numbers. They just look at mm-hmm. how did Burnout sell. How did Need for Speed sell? And with that pedigree of Need for Speed. Well, at this point, it's like, how do you know what Burnout would sell now? Try it again. You don't, yeah. But look, when you're placing big bets on games, it's all about crunching numbers. Just call it Need for Speed Burnout. Yeah, you're right. There you go.
1: (laughs) We all win. Boom. (laughs) The people that like Need for Speed, you know, that just brainlessly buy Need for Speed, like they're in, and the people that love Burnout, they get that secret code. Yeah. They, know, they know what you're saying. Yeah. And, like, we can all come together. Yeah. So right and we now, can bring right that crash mode, for God's exactly.
0: sake. Exactly. And right now, you are, we're just seeing, like, what the best part of the game is, which is the customization. It is pretty impressive what you can do with They the are car pretty car
1: models. They do look yeah. really good.
0: And the game's pretty. Yeah, I mean, they have an, an engine here. Like, the engine's nailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, as far as, like, the driving is concerned, it's good. But you that's kind of what I'm
1: saying. It's like, stick with it. Like, keep going. Like, keep, give these guys This game should have to... had
0: another year. In Probably. the cooker is pretty much what it comes down to Because they do have a decent foundation To make a good racing game This just isn't it
1: mm-hmm. I, just, I wish they'd give the, the series Time to mature you know, like, I feel like so many of the Need for Speed entries in recent years have been like Oh this is pretty cool If you give it another iteration I bet it'll be great And it just never gets that other iteration Like yeah. the one time maybe was like When Criterion made Hot Pursuit and then they got to make Most Wanted like two years later and like most one, most wanted turned out pretty well. I mean, it wasn't exactly. Well, there was Need was for
0: there. Speed Carbon in there somewhere. Yeah, Remember Carbon that? was
1: between because like <laughs> it, it, it's so
0: hard to keep track. of It has, of to, all co- the has games. to come
1: out every year, you know. So like, so like, Criterion did Hot Pursuit, and then like another one came out in there somewhere, and then Criterion's second one came out, and it was good. You know, those were, those are two probably the shining spots of the of the recent Need for Speeds. I for could what they never
0: are. put all the Need for Speed games in order they came out.
1: Oh no! If you would, gave me all the titles. That yeah. would be, if there was, like, a game show for nerds, <laughs> that would be the worst, like, Final Jeopardy it, thing. If like, do. a Price is Right kind of game yeah. thing. Oh, like, you'd never give away a prize ever yeah. if you did that. That would be amazing.
0: <laughs> All right, let's move on to the last topic of the big six. I, the bottom line with Need for Speed is, like, don't buy it. I, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, you might want to wait for our game eval, but I'm just telling you, as somebody who's played a lot of games for a long time... I do not recommend that you buy this game. And the reason I'm saying this is because there are reviews out there that may lead you to believe that you should buy this game. And I guess I'm telling you that they're wrong. Yeah. Well I don't know if that's a right if that's good. But also to say like that, but. I
1: don't know, there's also like, you know, for people who are fans of the, of that kind of game and of Need for Speed in, in specifically, like there's that temptation to believe that it's gonna be good. Yeah. You know, you know I bought a couple Need for Speeds I probably shouldn't have bought. Yeah, so have be, I because it. I really want them
0: to be. Yeah. I would tell you to pass. So that's just a skinny from Shane Satterfield. All right, so the last topic of the big six for this week was spurred on today by Activision's financial report. So obviously Activision Blizzard merged together a long time ago. They're the same company, so they report all their stuff together. So today they reported that once again, the user base for World of Warcraft had fallen as far as Mm -hmm. monthly subscribers are concerned. It fell to $5.5 it actually had only fallen, not that much. It's kind of stabilized. It had fallen, I think, 100K from the last quarterly report or something like that, which isn't terrible. No, that's a pretty slow bleed. So it seems like they've kind of leveled out. And mm-hmm. it, they aren't getting these huge like downward spikes there. But one of the thing they did say is that going forward, they will never report the number of subscribers they have at World of Warcraft ever again. Wow. I don't know why today, all of a sudden, after doing it for years and years...
1: There's never going to be any more good news, I then, guess. Yeah,
0: I guess maybe that is what it is. And so I started thinking about it, and I was like... Well, there really aren't that many MMORPGs left that you pay a monthly fee for. And True. I was like, I was sitting there, and I was trying to think, and I was like... I had to do like a ton of research to like dig up what they were. And so I started thinking to myself, well... Maybe this is going away. Maybe there aren't going to be MMORPGs anymore that you have to pay a monthly fee for. And so, first of all, you have Destiny. That's a game where you paid once. Yeah. And... And a little bit later. Well... And, you know, expansions. Technically, you don't have to. I mean, you can just pay the one fee, and you, and even if you buy the expansions. Like, look, you, you, you buy the expansions for World of Warcraft, you're still paying a monthly fee. Yeah. So... It's a different model. It's a You pay, and you're done. And if you don't want to buy another model or another expansion, you can just keep playing that old one if you want to. So Destiny is like, you know, they just said that they have added 5 million new players in the last three months. So the Taken King has been like a huge boom. They are at 25 million registered users for Destiny now. Wow. After adding 5 million in the last three months. So Destiny, obviously, is a game that shows that You don't really need the monthly model to be a success. More
1: than double World of Warcraft's maximum.
0: Yep, exactly. That's huge. And so you get $60 from each one of those people. And then you talk about the expansions and, like, the upsell after you've bought that initial Mm -hmm. package. That's a successful revenue model right there. So there's one game that's kind of shown that it can be done. And then another one we have is, obviously... Well, actually, the game I just got turned on to in the last couple of months is called Black Desert Online. And look, you know, Matt, that I don't give a crap about MMORPGs, like, at all. Mm-hmm. And I never have. I tried World of Warcraft. I tried Elder Scrolls Online. I tried Lord of the Rings Online. All these... Every time that someone's like, oh, this is the one's different, and this is the one that you're going to like, Shane, because the combat's good, like, they all combat's suck. Combat's never good. It's never good. But this game, it looks like the combat is good it's like it looks almost like a platinum game and hopefully this trailer gets to the place where there's some combat but it's like really fast high action like i said looks like a platinum game like reflex like based combat Mm -hmm. and the other part about this game black desert online is that there is you pay a one-time fee and then that's it there's no monthly charge you pay for the game and once you pay for the game you're all done and so this is like a new MMORPG that was just really announced and they've kind of gone for that one-time fee model. And so let's talk about Star Wars The Old Republic, which has kind of got this hybrid model mm-hmm. where there still is a monthly fee, but you're paying that monthly fee to like speed stuff up, right? Pretty much. And you, uh, if you, and
1: once you stop subscribing, if you have already subscribed, you become like a preferred... Uh, member or something. So, like, you keep all the expansions and stuff that the subscription gave you access to, but you lose a lot of the speed-up bonuses and, like, things like that. And then you can, like, pay to, like, add those things onto your account, even if you're a free member. But, like, I gotta admit, I've put about 40 hours into Old Republic in the last month, or some three weeks or so, because of the... The new expansion and all the changes, and they have made that that game is a different game than it was. Just see that game
0: almost failed; it almost died. Yeah, and they did like a big pivot, and they changed the revenue model for it. They also changed; they made it a lot easier to like level up. Yeah, and And then
1: well, I mean, I played it at launch, uh, you know, from launch, and I think it took me twenty six days to get to fifty. And I leveled two characters to 60 in two weeks this month, (laughs) in in October. So it's much Um, more
0: user-friendly now.
1: Much more user-friendly. You've streamlined everything. You really only need to play the character's class story and some of the planet stories to max out by the end of all the Mm. content. 90% of the game can be played solo. Even the group instances have solo versions now that you can just see the story, basically, to get through them. Uh, The companions in the new update, like, they can... all companions in your crew can fill any role, like DPS, tank, or heal, and they are super powered. Like, they are. Like, they're proud. I would be surprised if they didn't get nerfed later. People think they're going to get nerfed, but I think they might actually be working as intended, because they can power you through any part of the game, basically, up into the new content.
0: So and how do you feel about the revenue box? That's that's really what we're talking about here. That's what the topic is.
1: I am still subscribing to that game actually um and I've built up a bunch of cartel coins and so whenever I go back and play it maybe a couple times a year I use the cartel coins to buy some new cool gear and uh you know you know buff it up with enhancements from the from the imperial fleet or whatever and get out there and have fun and look cool doing it you know it's I I think it's a functional model I stick to the subscription side because a uh I'm stupid and I forget to cancel it and b uh, I I like <laughs> make that a lot of money that way. Yeah, I like that game a lot, and um, I'm happy to support it basically. Um, and I'll come back to it periodically. And now the new expansion is like straight up Kotor. It's it's story driven, Bioware story. It's it's one of their best stories in a long time, and uh, so like yeah, I'm glad it's around. I hope it stays around with that content model for like a few more years because I would play a lot more of that.
0: And um, you're okay with the revenue model the way it works now?
1: I think so. I mean, I don't. I've never been a free subscriber to that game, like a free player to that game. So I don't know. As I understand it, it's pretty limiting if you've never subscribed. Like, you, you're really locked out of a lot of stuff. And I think like your experience like, like, s- like drops at a certain point if you're not a subscriber, where subscribers stay at the same rate, uh-huh. basically. Uh, I think I, I heard someone, I, I saw people talking about it, basically, in the game. And I think they said like around level 20 like the experience is less for free players. Uh, uh, so the grind is a little harder, but the I, I, but again, uh they've eliminated tons of grind from that game. It's almost gone now. And so, you know, I if I were going to play it with with an eye to the new expansion, I would just like subscribe for 1 month to get access to all the subscribers uh, perks and then bail. And then bail out and yeah. then like resubscribe whenever I decided to play it again.
0: Isn't it janky that you have to do that though? So I was started trying to find any MMOs that actually still follow that old model like World of Warcraft and one of the few ones that I could dig up was The Elder Scrolls Online. Mm, and that's mm-hmm. a fairly recent MMORPG and it actually does follow that old style of like you pay every month and you got to keep paying to you got to keep paying to play basically. Yeah,
1: it's I mean I wonder if there's enough Elder Scrolls fans to like sustain something like that because I mean one of the reasons I am so into the Old Republic thing is I'm a huge Star Wars fan and I want to be part of that you know kind of online world and do that stuff, but I don't have that kind of attachment to Elder Scrolls so it would never occur to me to subscribe to that. Yeah, you know no matter how good. And again, I like Old Republic a lot, but the combat is still pretty much just World of Warcraft again with a little more interactivity. Um, I'm waiting for like you say. The skill-based MMO combat system, you know, like when when you can f- when I can f- at least fight like Zelda, like then I'll be much more involved in that because because
0: that's the thing is like, Big benchmark for me would be like counters. Yeah. Does it, does the combat have like a counter move? Old public does. Does it?
1: Uh, there are certain moves that will you know activate if you have a, if you have a counter window and you, pre- wait, so only you press the button before they the timer runs out, you get an extra hit in there. Um, but again, like. That's not the same thing as what we're talking about in yeah. terms of like a platinum game that just has a lot of players in it. Yeah, and uh, there was a game that was like that a little bit uh, that had kind of like a real time like kind of hack and slash combo system. I can't remember what it was. It was a, it was a Korean game I think? And everybody had, it looked very anime. There were very big characters. I can't remember what it was called. I think it started with a V.
0: Was it Wak Fu or, no. or something? No, it was
1: old, even older. It was a. It was. Mm. It was like very dark fantasy, but everybody still looked like they were straight out of like Sailor Moon kind of thing.
0: Not lineage. No, it wasn't lineage.
1: <laughs> it was, um, it wasn't Vanguard or Vandred or, Van- <laughs> it was, see here's part of the we problem. don't
0: RPG name generator. Yeah, I don't, but I, you know,
1: someone, I'm sure someone in the chat knows what I'm talking about, but it was, it was free to play. And it was uh, it was it was very uh, it was surprisingly robust for the time. It was years and years ago it was started. Um, I can't remember what it was called. Uh, I never reinstalled it when I uh, built my new PC this year, so I probably will never find it again unless someone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, in the chat. I don't
0: think no one in the chat has mentioned it, so I don't think anyone knows. No, there's a delay.
1: We'll see. If you know what this is, if you someone figures out what this is, go ahead and post it in the comments. Maybe <laughs> someone out there knows what I'm talking about. It, yeah. it, but it had a very like action oriented like hack and slash system, and I enjoyed it for what it was. But apparently not enough to remember what it was called.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's get back to it. So there's a couple other games. There's Final Fantasy XIV. It's still doing a monthly subscription. Yeah.
1: Another big like another big reinvention. That worked.
0: Yeah, another one that was another MMORPG that was failing and it did an about face. Although they didn't really change their revenue system. No,
1: they just changed content and how it was kind of given to you and what it was.
0: Yeah, which is surprising that it turned it around like that much. Because usually, once people leave an MMORPG, even though this one has the Final Fantasy name on it, mm-hmm. you know, it, a lot of times people are just like, I'm out of here, and I'm not
1: coming yeah. back. Well, I have f- a friend of mine, uh, you know, a friend of ours, Mike Benson, who played... Uh, he used to be on X-Play and a bunch of stuff, and he loves Final Fantasy XIV. And he once they re- did the relaunch, he played... I mean, he was played on a PlayStation 4, and I would see him on there all the time. I mean, every night, c- without Isn't fail. that
0: an MMORPG in a nutshell? Though? Yeah, but
1: like the thing... I'm wondering if there's anything... To this, I'm, I wonder if this is a thing in like MMO marketing or revenue streams. Where, like He would tell me, like, oh, it's so good now. It's great. I love it. It's, it's You should try it. And, like, And I'm like... Yeah, no. Like <laughs> yeah. like even That's what me I said, well, every I'll, I'll play like <laughs> I'll play like anything and I played a lot of MMOs I played, you know, I I have a thing about playing like MMOs, I'm interested in the level cap. I played a lot of The Secret World which nobody plays yeah. just because I like the setting and like I wouldn't try it. Like, yeah. I wouldn't tr- cuz the barrier of entry was like, "Oh, well, I got to buy like a $50 game." Or I guess you can do, like, kind of a free thing with a subscription or not. But, like, I'm like, well, the free version's just gonna make me, like, like a second-class citizen, so I don't want to do it. Like, it was weird how, like, like psychologically I couldn't get past the idea that I was gonna get boned by not paying for this thing. But that's thing. what
0: I'm saying. Is this whole revenue model done for? Seems like it. I mean, it really does. Like, there's so many free-to-play options out there now, or just great mmorpgs that you can pay for one time and you're done yeah.
1: like secret world is like that secret world is pay for it
0: once and you're in forever yeah like i just and look D- blizzard has just been milking that i mean it still is you know yeah. we we say oh 5.5 million, 5.5 5.5 million. million. every yeah. month you get yeah 15 or 16 bucks from those people the next closest MMORPG I believe only has a million subscribers a month. So Wired, it, I remember back way back when it launched
1: or whatever. I remember like when when everyone was worried about Swordtore like collapsing, there was something about like I think Vindictus
0: is what people Vindictus, that's what it was. was Thank, it. You. Yep. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, Thanks guys. That was the first one who came up with that was Rudy, R U D Y S E. Nice. Rudy's, I think. <laughs> Rudy Rudy S, yes. Rudy S. Yes. I have no idea how you pronounce it.
1: Well yes, that was it, Vindictus. Yeah. Um was like it was something like they wanted like, you know I'm sure they would have liked w- wow numbers, but I think like the break even was like five hundred thousand subscribers or something. Yeah. Which is like and then It's still po- a lot. It's a lot, but it's also like five point five million, which is what World of Warcraft has. They're fine. Oh yeah. I mean, I can't.
0: I'm sure Blizzard is thinking about how to, heck, how do you follow that game up? Yeah, I just do don't you think. Follow that I game don't up? think we'll. I guess the best way to put it from from my perspective is that I don't think we'll ever see an MMORPG eclipse the the peak of monthly subscribers for World of Warcraft. No, I, never, I don't not. think it will ever happen ever.
1: Not yeah, not under that model for sure. Yeah, I don't see that ever happen. I don't see the idea unless the. Subscription is like substantially lower, like four ninety nine a month yeah, or something, or less. Like a, you know, because like. And fif- how did they come to that like fifteen dollar a month figure? I'm sure you run the numbers about okay, how many people do we think are going to play this? Uh, how, what do we need to like keep our heads above water in terms of server costs, uh, you know, bandwidth costs,
0: development costs, creating new content? Do not you think it's crazy though? After all this time, World of Warcraft's monthly cost has never gone down. Yeah, inflation means it probably should have gone up why though i mean it's like you have that initial cost to buy all the servers and, and you buy know. the game remember you still have to buy the yeah, game yeah like to me i mean, you would think that that cost would eventually come down over time maybe like, they're just like yeah maybe what's we'll a drops of four million people well i know you why know? they haven't done it they right. want to make the money but right. you know if you're doing Everyone, what's right by your customer
1: i did i mean i played world of warcraft to the cap on a couple of characters we played you know we played on x play back in the day and and I remember, I, every once in a while, I, I kind of like poke back into it, and I forget that there's no free-to-play option. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I gotta... I gotta I'd, pay for this. <laughs>
0: I'd kind of like to see my paladin again, but like, nah, you know, I yeah. just never get that far. I just think the expectations for not even just MMORPGs, because there are a lot of free-to-play, in fact, it seems like every... MMORPG that has been released in the last year and a half or two years has gone free to play. Like yeah. in, especially in the last like, Whether they like it six or not. months, yeah, a lot of it they have to to survive. And so then you start looking at games like League of Legends and all the MOBAs that are all free, and like you can play those for hundreds and hundreds of hours. Never spend a dime. Like, but you do. <laughs> I never have, and I've played League and Dota for hundreds of hours. I never spent a penny on either one of them. So. I mean it's all cosmetic if you care enough that your character has like a blue robe or whatever like i just don't care about that just stuff.
1: to the lim- my limited exposure to them to mobas uh judging from what i've seen yes people do they do oh care.
0: yeah oh for sure the people who are really into it they'll buy like their character and just i mean the
1: first the, the way i originally found out about legal what League of legends even was was we would go to we were covering packs for the show back in the day and people were you know, I pride myself on knowing what people are cosplaying as, frankly. Right. As, as, a, as a universal nerd. I yeah. know, you're, and people were walking around and stuff that I'm like, that's really cool, I have no idea what it is. And for a long time I was assuming it was some anime I hadn't watched. And finally some girl showed up to one of our.
0: Like it's like, Master Yi from League of Legends. No, she was
1: dressed as Morrigan. <laughs> oh. uh, in the baking outfit with the tray of cookies and working wings. And I was... The wings were, like, ten feet wide. It was crazy. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? And she's like, oh, like, oh, Morgan from, uh, from League of Legends, and, and this is, like, an alternate skin you can buy. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm like... When, and I remember us all looking at each other going, what is this thing? Like, we gotta yeah. look this up when we no, get look, home. People
0: do spend money on it. I haven't. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't. Like, when you play, you can tell someone spent money because yeah. they have a different skin or whatever. And most... 80% of the people you play with or against have the base skins. So, mm-hmm. But the, the point I'm getting at is that when people look at spending money on video games, they're looking for entertainment value. How much am I going to get for how much I'm spending? And I feel like a lot of these MOBAs and other games, they for the lack of a better term, they cheapen right. the value of a game. And so you know, spending the $60, I think people are okay with that. They're like, yep, you need to maintain these servers for the next 10 years or however long this MMO lasts. But when you start asking for that fifteen dollars every month after that, like that's just an antiquated model. And I think the only people who are willing to do that now are the people who are so deep into World of Warcraft that they're they're never coming up. They can't imagine. They can't imagine. Away. Yeah, exactly. And so Blizzard knows they have them. Those people. Yeah. And there's at no the, reason for them to change it. At
1: the same time, it's like you know, is it silly that we're so ret- you know reticent to spend that kind of money on the you know, like, like I know uh, there's a huge. Um, you know backlash right now the new Star Trek series that was announced where it's yeah. like this it's going to premiere on CBS but then the, the, the after that it's going to be they're going to be on the this like CBS digital like service that you have to pay 6 bucks for and people are freaking out that they would have to pay 6 bucks to watch Star Trek and i'm like I paid $13 last week for an, uh, an Amiibo of Mario. Like, why wouldn't I pay $6 to watch a, watch a show, a series that I want to see? And it's like...
0: It's, because I, I, it's just the, it's you've always it's, gotten it free. It's conditioned. It's the same yeah. thing with Sifted. Like, a lot of people are like, I love the site. I'll never pay you a penny for it. <laughs> They're like, I think it's a great idea. It's really cool. It'll save me a ton of time. But I'm not paying you for it. Mm-hmm. And I get messages like that all the time. And I'm like, fair enough. <laughs> you know, right. It's your money. I'm not going to tell you to spend your money. But, like, that's the but people I'm- are just used to getting websites for free. And people are used to getting television shows for free. And if it's not on HBO, I'm not paying for it. Like, nobody will, no, you don't
1: want to pay $15 for a month for a game you enjoy, but you'll drop 15 bucks for a sandwich and a drink at lunch. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know why that, you know, and I do it too. You know, I, don't, I don't know why that is a, a psychological thing built into us, but it's yeah. there. And I feel sorry, f- I, feel, I feel for the marketing people, I don't say that very often, but yeah. I feel for the marketing people who have to sit there and figure out how to get past that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I did the same thing. It's like uh, the basic subscription for Sifted is $10. A like, year. A year. And it's like, it's a Happy Meal at McDonald's. Yeah. Like, I was like, I can't under- understand how anybody would not want to spend the $10 for all the advantages that you have of being in a private website without dealing with ads and all the other bullshit that just comes like, along frankly, with frankly, I'd probably lose more change in a year. Yeah, but that. you know what? Some people are like, $10 is nothing to me, bud. <laughs> They just don't want to
1: do it on principle. But screw you some, for thinking you should get paid for your work. Yeah.
0: And some people are just like, well, you know, they'll say things like, well, I just don't want to set a precedent. I don't want to pay for your website and it mm. make all these other websites think that, you know, all of a sudden I'm going to have to pay for them too. So, well, the nice, has, the nice thing is that nobody watching this can get angry about exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> That's the beauty all, of it. They, they all pay for see it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. So, I think we're both in agreement that the, the monthly model is going the way of the dodo. It's going yeah. away. And I mean, I I assume
1: that if you the, you know the new mo- I assume the new model that like games like Final Fantasy XIV and and uh, and Tour of Switch Two are functional and sustainable for them, for their games to continue because you know I don't I'm not a hardcore like addict I've never like you know stayed up all night to raid anything or whatever yeah. but like I like those games once in a while and yeah. I and I, I you like- always have yeah as long as I've known you. And I and I like the idea of them. And I've more always hated than, them as long as yeah. you know me. <laughs> I like the idea of them more than I like to play them sometimes because yeah. I I agree with you that the gameplay generally not very fun. But like, I like the community aspect. The community of it. aspect's great. SwoTOR I like the storytelling. Uh, Secret World I like the story. Really, if you get a good setting, like you got
0: me in, and like sometimes. But see, here's yeah. the thing about games. It's like when you first start playing with people, it's very social. You guys are all there. You're typing messages to each other, or if you play a shooter, like you're all like, "Yeah, I'm in the the back room, and we got there's one running by," blah, blah, blah. But after you play for like forty five minutes, <laughs> everyone's just silent, and it's like you're not playing mm-hmm. with any. It's like you're playing with just anonymous yeah. people after a while. Well,
1: it's like I've, well, I've been playing with my friend uh, on Halo Five. Like we finished it over the weekend, and
0: and yeah, like by the by the end of it, we're just like, "Promethean," yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, it's you right. can't only talk for so long. Yeah. And so, like, when I, like I said, like, you know, the community... Well,
1: especially if you don't play with your online buddies as much as you see them in... J- right. So, like, like, we were, like, we, like, the first night was just, like, catching up after, like, three months of not being online right. with each other. And, 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 and like, now, tonight, like, like, even after tonight, after this show, we're I'm going to go
0: back, we're going to get the last achievement tonight. Uh-huh. And we're just, like...
1: <laughs> <laughs> so tedious. Well, that's tired. why
0: I don't play MMORPGs, because I'm like, I'm a sucker for the community part of it, but I also know that, like, after the first hour, I might as well be playing it with mm-hmm. anybody in the world. Oh, and, and as far as Halo 5 goes, uh, I'm on the same page as you.
1: Oh. I think we've established on, uh, overall, uh, especially the story. <laughs> the end of that game, no spoilers, but the end of that game should have happened in Mission 4. Yeah. Because that whole, the whole story of
0: Halo 5 is act in Act 1. It is, really, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but I digress. Yeah. So, that's it. That's the, uh, we're going to wrap up the Big Six. If you guys have any questions for us, you should send them now. We are not doing a deep dive topic this week i s- save that one for Halo, or Halo, Fallout. Yeah, next week's show is going to be a humdinger, my friends, because Matt and I will both have put in some time on Fallout 4, that, and I'll hopefully have put in a ton of time, and the review, my review should probably be up by then, at least, God willing, it'll hmm. be up. I may kill myself getting it done, but I'll do what I got to to get it finished. So next week is going to be a monumental episode of Game Face. I can't actually think of any other game since the show launched. That is big as Fallout Four, as far as like the people on like the hosts. Like even when Marcus and I was doing it, I think even with him, if he were still on the show with me, it would be Fallout Mm Four, The Witcher, close. Witcher's bigger for me, but I'm also bigger than Fallout. Yeah, wow.
1: But I'm a Fallout fan from back original. I'm a Fallout fan from not just Fallout One. I'm a Fallout fan from Wasteland. You know, back the old 80, 1980s game that EA made and then they had the rights so the guys who made it couldn't make Wasteland two, so they went and made Fallout. Yeah. Um so to me, Fallout will always be uh which for me was for me, Fallout was like, Well, we're never getting Wasteland two, so Fallout's good enough for me. Yeah. But now we actually do have Wasteland too. But uh
0: yeah, I think I like
1: Fallout better a little
0: bit <laughs> right now. Yeah, Well, next week we're going to be talking about Fallout. In fact, we made us dedicate the whole freaking episode because that's the type of game that Fallout is. Well, if I get, to play, the if I get to play it enough, we'll see when I get it. Certainly the deep dive will uh, be all about Fallout. I know I'll have plenty to talk about. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we have any questions. Uh, let's see. Oh, they're all scrolling in now. Let's see. Ask you, Shane, in regards to how stuff shows up in the Sifted queue, or at least a way that could possibly improvement. OK. <laughs> hmm. What happened to the Super Mario Maker Hangout? What do you mean? It's up on Sifted. Just click on the uh, premium content link, and the Hangout is there. We cut it down to the highlights. It's not the full two hours, but I think it's like an hour and 15 minutes or something like that. But it's there. It's uh, it's up on the site. Uh. Do you think Tomb Raider is being sent out to die? Is coming out the same day as Fallout 4. That's from W. Matthew. No. Not at all. Like, I, I... The audience for Tomb Raider and Fallout... I mean, there's some crossover there, but there's... There are distinct audiences, I think. I don't think that you're going to lose a ton of people who would have bought one or the other. I think a lot of people will buy both, in all honesty. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think it's being sent out to die you have to eventually choose one weekend in November to release your big game in Q4. And uh, it just so happened that... But I think, you know, probably neither one of those publishers knew that that was the day the other one was going to put their game out, and sometimes, unfortunately, that stuff happens. I think I do remember a couple years ago, one game changed its release date at the last minute. Like, once they found out it was... Or No, I'm thinking of E3, where Square Enix changed its press conference when they found out it Mm. overlapped with Nintendo. That's what I'm thinking of. But yeah, there's only so much you can do. There's, t- there's tons of money to go around in Q4, um, so I don't think that's a big deal at all. Let's see if we got any more. Uh, what do you think your favorite game of all time would receive if it got a sifted eval? <laughs> oh, gosh. Hmm. Oh, it would get a huge score. Um... It would, uh, my favorite game of all time is probably Ocarina of Time. And So if you're asking me if I did an eval before, or if that, when that game came out, doing it now, obviously... Doing it now,
1: connectivity would kill it. Yeah. Same with mine, would be Shadow of the Colossus.
0: Yeah, but if I were to review it back when it came out, even if it got a zero in connectivity, it would have got like tens in everything else. Right? Mm-hmm. And if we were talking about eight separate scores, it probably still would have ended up at like a 9.5 or a 9.6. I mean, it, like, dude, it, it was trailblazing. Like, it created, like, modern 3D video games, essentially. It True. created how we were going to play through. Are we playing Tomb Raider right now? I am playing Tomb Raider on the principles that were laid down by Ocarina of Time, still. So. That Z targeting. Yeah, I mean, and just the swimming and, like, everything about it. Like, the automatic jumping and, like, you know, how it automatically grabs onto ledges, like, all of that. Like,. Yeah. Like, Ocarina of Time would still do really, really well on a Sifted game email. Uh Let's see. You want to know the schedule for the show from Gunzilla. Uh, Gunzilla, we're trying to do it every Tuesday going forward, starting at 6pm Pacific. So, uh, Let's see. Could you possibly compile reviews so that I could find the reviews in one place, instead of having six reviews for the same game show up? On Sifted, you mean. And that's from Vox91. Uh, We've actually cut down on the number of reviews that we curate. When we first started, we were were kind of figuring things out and figuring out what worked and what didn't. And one of the biggest mistakes we made was like the day that the site launched. Mm. And we got this huge rush of people to Sifted. It just so happened to be the day that Splatoon came out. And at that point, we were still figuring things out. We just launched the site. And so we had curated like 15 or 16 reviews for Splatoon. And it turned off a ton of people who came to sifted because they came and it was literally like a whole page full of splatoon fan site it was a big mistake and we learned we learned that one the hard way because it literally we could see in our numbers how many people came to the page looked at it and just left and so from that day on we just started cutting down the number of outlets that we were getting reviews from and like a couple sites like i started coming across like some nefarious like things where it seemed like maybe things were a little dodgy so We've called it down now. There's really only about eight sites that we grab reviews from at this point. And, mm-hmm. look, they're all people that we've worked with for a long time, and uh, or at least I personally know, and I know how they run their editorial. So we have called it down a good bit. I mean, he's probably complaining now about Need for Speed because Need for Speed came out today, and there's a bunch of Need for Speed reviews. Um, we, we actually are working on a thing called Collections on the site where we would be able to collect, like, all the reviews into one, like, page that you could go to. Um, but that's not done yet. So, we're looking at it. We know that it's an issue that some people have a problem with. Although I will say, I do kind of, kind of find it funny that, like, how irritated people get over, like, hmm. a scroll wheel on their mouse. Just keep to... going. <laughs> it's like, it's not going to hurt you. It's just moving that finger. That's <laughs> all it is. It's just moving that finger. It's not so bad. Okay, let's see if we can find one more. Um... Oh, Tom Andy, you're asking about the hangout where I played your levels for Super Mario Maker. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. I almost feel like that ship has sailed. It's Super Mario Maker's been out for like a month. If I find time to do hangouts, like I kind of want to do them for games that aren't out yet. Uh, it's a possibility, but I'm not going to make any promises. Um, question from Nefix. Do you have plans for a possible watch or read later feature to save articles for later viewing. Yep, we're looking into it. I don't know if the way the site's infrastructure is built, if it's going to be possible, though. So it's something we've looked at. It was one of the biggest uh, suggestions we got when the site first launched, and we've been kind of looking at it. But like getting the forums done right now is the biggest priority, and I think you guys are going to see why it took so long for the forums, because when you see them, they're pretty freaking awesome. So hopefully you see those forums. and. Uh, <laughs> You won't want some of this other little stuff quite as much. There's a bunch of other stuff that comes with the forums as well, like user-to-user messaging and things like that too. So, um, yeah. It's something we've been looking at. I can't make any promises. Tommy Andy says, so yeah, that's a no. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. I wouldn't say that's a total no. Or maybe you're talking about the Super Mario Maker. Mario Maker, I think. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, okay. Sifted app again trying to get the forums done and finishing up the base website before we move on to the app so our uh, our our tricaster operator Tony has, has alerted us to the fact that we did not run our trailer of the week that's true. so we are going to do that we're going to run our trailer of the week and this is for a platinum game that's published by Square Enix and the game is called I don't know is it Near or Near Nier? Near Nier yeah. Automata and it's a it's an action RPG yep. that has the combat from Platinum that we've been asking for. It's not an MMO RPG. Uh, but they had showed a trailer, I think it was for E3. They showed the debut mm-hmm. trailer, which is like all cinematic. This is the first gameplay trailer uh, that shows off Platinum doing its best work. So here we go. Here is the gameplay debut trailer for Nier Automatica. <laughs> got that crazy little floating like grapple point
1: yeah yeah i don't know i'm not sure how that's working yet yeah i've never seen anything like it in a game before but i'm glad to see uh near come back i mean if you haven't played the the first near uh go track it down it's 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 uh, underrated it's underrated it's pretty special it's got amazing music and uh, while the combat isn't as good as what we just saw there um, it, it has this weird mix of like like a lot of, some of the boss battles are like bullet hell shooters but with a guy with a sword. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's worth playing.
0: Yeah, I think the game's worth some money too actually.
1: I, last I checked it was worth like nine bucks on it, it was like oh. nine bucks on <laughs> Apparently Amazon Apparently I'm wrong. <laughs> um, but I, I might have changed, I've owned it since launch so I might be, um, you know, now maybe it's like one of those things where like some of those last gen things just suddenly shoot up in value because yeah. they become the collector's items.
0: JRPG is a loyal temple. Especially right? with a sequel coming out. A lot of people are going to want to play it. Digital version, maybe, boys. Hmm. Yeah. So I did dig up a couple more questions. It's always hard, like, getting through your questions while we're doing it live. But while we're watching the trailer, I was able to get a couple more. Um, earlier you mentioned you sent out a game vow to a freelancer. I'm assuming this is a person who sifted trust in their opinions and capabilities. Uh, in this case, the person that is reviewing Need for Speed, his name is Scott Allen Marriott. He has worked for me for 12 years so he was our primary freelancer at game trailers for a decade literally like he was our ace in the hole if our staff guys couldn't get to stuff um he was a guy who would always do it so you have if you followed me at gt or followed gt at all you have read dozens and dozens of his reviews already so to answer your question yes i trust scott marriott extensively with uh evaluating games And also, you know, any of the people who are evaluating games as freelancers on Sifted, they have been thoroughly vetted. And uh, so, yeah. Hopefully, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I have a pretty good eye for people who know what they're talking about. Hopefully, you can trust me on that one. So, let's see. I think that's it, man. I think that's time to wrap up the show. So... As always, thanks for watching. Uh, We appreciate all you guys who show up for the live stream. Without you, it would make the end of the show really stupid. So (laughs) thank you for asking questions and making sure that we have a good engagement. Uh, Like I said, don't forget Gifted is launching this coming week. It's a really important initiative for us. I mean, look, if you have friends who are really into games and you want them to be a part of the Sifted community, can you really think of a better Christmas present to buy them than a subscription to Sifted so they can Mm -hmm. come and enjoy the site? together with your friends and uh and like i said if you have friends who maybe can't afford it and maybe their parents can buy it for them for christmas just let them know about the new program it would be awesome so everybody have an excellent week we are going to have an awesome game face next week i i you know i've been fighting with putting down rise of the tomb raider from fallout 4 (laughs) for like two days now But I feel like I'm coming down the home stretch with Rise of the Tomb Raider. So next week is going to be a great episode, and we'll see you there. Game Face is up and out.